0: So this is Ian Lee. It's Friday, the 7th of September. Isn't it darker in the mornings? I know, I sound like my, my, uh, an old man, but it's true. Very dark this morning. Uh, good morning, thank you for listening. Lots coming up on the show this morning. Uh, listen, when you think of problem drinking, you may think of young people. Well, think again. We're going to find out today why it's older people who are actually worst affected. If you've been on the A6 in Luton, have you noticed a strange pong? We try and find out why. And our reporter Justin Dealey needs your help to find the worst smell in the three counties. And today I will put Willow to leather when I meet a local cricket team who play at Lord's on Sunday. That's exciting. I'll be playing cricket in the BBC Car Park, so I suggest if you've got a car park here, team, move it immediately.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: I do warn you, it could be a grumpy show this morning. Not because I'm playing cricket. I'm looking forward to smacking a ball around in a very tiny, confined space. Uh, my back is killing me. I, I, it really is. It's been troublesome. I won't go into too much detail. This is not why you listen to this show, is to hear me whinge about my bod- bodily parts falling off. But it's been, it's been painful for the last few days. And then this morning I got out of bed, and I'm sure I heard a, a like a snap or a, a creak. There was something. My back made a noise. That's not normal, is it? Anyway, I, I can't move properly. So if I, if I kick off, I apologise in advance and I'll wait for the uh, medication to, uh, to take effect. Uh, you can give me a call on, on anything that we're talking about this morning. 08459 455 555. It's important for you to remember that whatever we talk about this morning, if something clicks with you, if you've got an opinion uh, or a story or just something you want to share do please give me a call. It'll be nice to talk to you this morning. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text as well. 81333, starting your text, 3CR. Uh, and you can email, of course, 3cr at bbc.co.uk. Now, who has got the worst drink problem? The young... The middle-aged? Well, actually, and, and maybe surprisingly, it's people over 65. A BBC investigation has discovered far more pensioners are being admitted to hospital because of alcohol-related injuries and illnesses than 16 to 24-year-olds. We, th- we've got some amazing reports on this later on. Uh, our reporter, Sophie Soleri, has been out in the three counties talking to over-65s about their alcohol intake. Have a listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Here Cheers.
1: Here you go. How many times a day do you have a drink? Um, Three days in the week. That's it. And how much do you drink on those three days if you had to add it up? Uh,
2: That's a pint of lager. Three points. Whatever it is. Three units for a pint three of Three units, yeah. yeah. How many
1: of those do you have a day?
2: On a good day, I could go 20 pints and still walk home.
1: 20 pints? Mm. So if we added 20 pints up at three units of pint... Oh, I know. they doctor done, done it. Three, six, nine, they're twelve, fifteen. They've got to it. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, isn't it? It is, yeah, but... You know, and some days I will come out and have just two pints and I had enough and I go home. How old are you, sir? Sixty-six. Do you enjoy a drink?
3: Yeah, I love it, yeah. But it's social. I'll come out what three, four times a week. Yeah. Four or five pints, maybe six. There's something special going on. That's it.
1: So say you go out uh, three or four times a week, times that by six pints, that's 24 pints roughly in total a week, times that by three units a pint, and that's 72 units, now 21 units is the recommended daily allowance for a man of your age. Does that worry you?
3: No, absolutely not at all. You know, units are a new thing. Someone's invented them, they've created them out of airy fairy land. You know, we never had units when I was growing up, having my first pint, you know, it's kind of, yeah, all right, you can manage half a pint, and that was it. Yeah, you know, that's
0: <laughs> your
4: age, you were. Did that woman say 20 pints a
0: day? 20 pints a day? Uh, that's incredible. Even at my, I, I don't drink anymore, but even at the, the peak of my drinking athleticism, 20 pints a day find that incredible we've got some uh, more reports coming up later on um and sophie's been out has been talking to a lot of people and we will uh, attempt to unravel the truth behind the over 65 year old drinkers in the three counties also in the show we're hearing from age concern a doctor and i'd like to hear from you did you listen to that report just then and think yeah and is that all is that all they're drinking oh wait four, five, nine, four, double five five double five i think the question here is are you over 65 how much do you drink it's two questions. Bear with me. Just give us a call, 08459 455 555, uh, and just let us know how much you drink. I'm not going to judge you. There's no judgment in this at all. It's, uh, it, I think it's just interesting and revealing. So if you're over 65, just tot up how much you normally drink in a week, in a day, how much you drank last night, and give me a call, 08459 455 555. Uh, Or you can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Oh, this is good. The Detroit Emeralds. Feel the need. I'll have some of this. Hopefully speak to you after this. That'll do, won't it? Detroit Emeralds. Feel the need. I'll have some of that. Yes, please. Good morning. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. uh, Here until nine o'clock. And this morning, I'm asking for a little bit of honesty from you this morning. If you're over 65, I'm keen to find out how much you drink. Well, there's a new report out, or some investigative work by the BBC that uh, has shown that it's actually over 65s that are more at risk from drinking problems than younger people. Now, quite often when you read the newspapers, it's always binge, binge drink Britain, the youth of today, all it's all of that nonsense. I don't think that's changed. I was, you know, I remember sitting in a park when I was 14 drinking a bottle of Thunderbird. There's, pfft, has anything really changed in that respect? I think the shocking thing here is uh, that it's uh, being reported that older people are perhaps those that are struggling with alcohol related problems. And part of it is the accumulative effect of a lifetime of drinking. Uh, but give me a call. If you're over 65, just sit down for a second and, and, and tot up how much you drink in a week and be honest. How much you drank last night? And then give me a call. Oh, wait, four, double five. Nine, four double five five double five. No judgment. Uh, I, I'm just curious and curious to find out why. Why you? If you were listening ten minutes ago, we had uh, uh, an interview with uh, a lady who says she can drink twenty pints a day. Twenty pints, and she would walk home. How can you function after twenty pints? That seems incredible. And obviously she's built up tolerance uh, over time and uh, you know, has made it so that she can function after that. But that is shocking to me. Maybe it's not shocking to you. Maybe it's your husband or your wife or your mum or your dad that drinks, perhaps excessively. Uh, and they've been doing it for a long time and no one's really asked any questions about it. This morning, uh, on the Ian Lee Show, I'm asking for your honest answers. Uh, if you're over 65, if you have someone in your life who is over 65, how much do you drink? 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number. No judgement on my part. I'm curious. I'd like to talk to you about it. Oh eight four five nine 455 555. <laughs> These are your headlines on Friday the 7th September on BBC Three Counties Radio. More pensioners were admitted to hospital with alcohol-related injuries and illnesses than 16 to 24-year-olds last year, according to figures compiled by the BBC's Panorama programme. French police want to question as soon as possible the four-year-old British girl who survived a shooting which killed her parents and grandmother on Wednesday. In sport, it was a golden night for Great Britain's Paralympic team at the Olympic Stadium last night with wins for sprinter Johnny Peacock and wheelchair racers David Weir and Hannah Cockroft. We'll have a weather bulletin in a few minutes with Steve Weston and coming up... A reporter has smelt something bad. Find out what that is in a few minutes.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's the Lars. There she goes. Do you know what this song is actually about? It sounds all romantic and lovely. It's about something very naughty, actually. But let's not put that off. Let that put us off what is one of the best pop songs of all time. What a song! (laughs) He said, talking over the end of it, thereby pretty much ruining it. The Lars, there she goes. Good morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties. Uh, I'm sorry if I get a little bit grumpy today. I keep saying this, my back is killing me. If someone wants to come in and click my back... Are we allowed to do that on the BBC? Punt for someone to come and click the presenter's back? I've not read the, uh, the guidelines on uh, back-fixing. I just should have. I got sent the module. I didn't actually have time to have a look at it. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. And we are talking this morning, amongst other things, uh, about uh, elderly people, older people... Uh, And uh, the amount they drink after a BBC Panorama programme, which I think is airing on Monday, uh, has shown that actually more people over 65 are being admitted to hospital with alcohol-related problems, conditions, than uh, younger people. And it's certainly more uh, than perhaps you think it is. And I just want to ask today, without any judgement at all, if you're over 65, how much do you drink? Do you think it's a problem, the amount you drink? It might not be for you. you know, it's, we're all different. We've all got different bodies. We all function differently. How much do you drink? 08459 555. Give me a call. Let me know. Maybe it's your husband or your wife or it's uh, your mum or your dad and they've got the problem or they drink excessively. What you perceive to be excessively. 08459. Four double five, five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call, uh, is weather there? We're not. Got, we're waiting for the weather. We're waiting for the weather. We're waiting for Steve Weston to log in so we can uh, find out what's happening in the world around you in the terms of weather. You can give us a text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR. There we go. I may have just had my microphone up there, which would have been very embarrassing. If anything came out there you weren't meant to hear, then apologies for that. Now, there's nothing worse than the bad smell coming through your car window on a hot day, and only this week we told you about residents in Milton Keynes holding their noses due to farmers' muck spreading. Well, it seems that's not the only place causing people to get out the clothes peg. If you've been driving along the A6 Barton Road in Luton this week, have you noticed a funny smell? Well, our reporter Justin is Always want to sniff out a good story. He's on the way there this morning. Justin, we give you all the glamour jobs, don't we?
5: Morning, Ian. Uh, by the way, I'm not giving you a back rub. Um, <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, I, I, do, I do get some very glamorous jobs, but this morning not too glamorous. But of course, this is a mystery. What or what isn't this smell here on the Barson Road in Luton? Can you smell, sir? Are you there yet? I, I am. I'm here right now. I have to be completely honest with you as I sniff. We love to sniff out a good story at the BBC. Well done. Yeah, I, I thank you. Um, I can't really smell anything. However, uh, a few years ago, Ian, we're going yep. back about four years ago, uh, we had a, a very similar story, and the council said to us it was anti skid resurfacing. So we thought we'd put two and two together. Yep. We thought it could be the same thing. We spoke to the council. They say no that is not the case. They haven't been laying down this anti-skid resurfacing work again. So, I have been speaking to locals here. Um, Just a few moments ago, I've been talking to Mary and she lives just off the Barton Road. Here's Mary, who smells absolutely delightful this morning. Uh, I've I've
6: got to. I've got to go on the bus, haven't I?
5: (laughs) (laughs) You smell very nice for the bus, I must admit. So, in this area then, over the last couple of weeks or so, have you noticed a horrible smell in this area?
6: The last couple of weeks, yes, Mm. but it was from here fence there, from the suit fence So you think it might be the fence that's causing well, that the smell? that was two weeks ago yeah. so I don't know, I haven't smelled anything else other than that, but it could be anything, it could be the drains it could be the brickwork that's in Bedford, mm. sometimes you do get a smell, but you know the smell of the brick the dust yeah. and that so, could be anything
5: Well, well let's just do a brief experiment anyway, I've here I've
6: got to go, sorry right.
5: <laughs> just, just very very quickly with me, take a deep breath in does it smell this morning? No. 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 So morning not this morning it's fine. But depending
6: on how windy it is, it's not yeah. windy this morning, so you wouldn't get a smell when it's windy because it depends on what way the wind is blowing. Mm. But I haven't heard anybody yet, but of course I go to work all day, yeah. so I don't know what goes on around here.
5: Mary, enjoy the bus ride. Thank yes, you so much. Have a lovely yes, weekend. You look wonderful, by if, the way. I'll,
6: thank you. Thank you. I'll think about you if I miss me, bus.
5: <laughs> Ian, she will be thinking of me as well. She'll, she'll be after me this morning. But uh, we, we have got... Solo Justin, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that was brilliant. That, you asked her a question. I'm, I'm sorry, I've got to yeah. go. <laughs> not, I'm <laughs> not interested in talking to you in the slightest. Come on, just one deep breath. That's all it takes. <laughs> so so Mary's saying, no, no, is it could be somebody's fence. However, yep. I, I've just been into to the BP petrol station here, which is on Barton Road, directly where this roundabout is. Yep. And here's one more for you. I spoke to Paula, and she reckons that she's cracked this. Take a listen to this. Now, Paula, you think you've cracked this. What do you think the smell is? Because you're saying there is a smell here. It's the drains from outside,
7: mm-hmm. from around the area. It's normally down the Birdsfoot Lane area, just outside.
5: And on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad has it been recently?
7: Um, I'd say about an 8. About an 8? Really? Yeah. That bad? About an eight. Okay. Especially in the warm weather, you can actually smell it, and it goes all the way along. Because the this road. morning
5: it doesn't really smell. That's because it's, it's still quite mild, few, but later on it, it will start smelling again.
7: Yeah, a few months ago we had, um, when you were coming along the bottom road, you could really smell it really strong, and that is because of the drains.
4: So,
5: there you go. Uh, We think we have an answer. Luton Borough Council, of course, uh, they may dispute that. But uh, according to Paula there, there has been a bad smell. uh, Quite a high scale as well out of ten there. Eight
0: out of ten. That's a stinky smell, isn't it? That's a
5: very, very big smell. And she's saying it's the drain. So that's what we think this smell is. But, of course, if anybody else has got any ideas, uh, please let us know. Justin, when you were a young lad hoping to break into radio, Mm. did you ever think that you would be sitting
0: in Luton uh, trying to get smells? Uh, Yes, Excellent. That, that's worked out nicely for you. So, just tell, right, first of all, just tell us exactly where you are and where this smell is.
5: I'm on the Barson Road, yep. which is in Luton, and I'm pretty much outside the BP petrol station. Okay. So you can't miss it. Um, that's where I am this morning. So
0: there are, a f- there are a few things here. Well, first of all, if you live near that area, if you drive through that area regularly, have you noticed the smell uh, and how bad is it? That's. I think that's what you want to know. That's the key thing. Uh, and another thing, Justin, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to, to set you on a, a mission. I think you have it too easy, sat in your posh car. <laughs> eating your sandwiches. I saw your flask today, full yes. of fresh tea. Oh, no, lovely. no, no. You're not. You're not getting away with it. If you're listening to this, uh, dear listener, uh, and there, uh, put your head out of the window, have a sniff. What can you smell? If you're in the three counties area, I want to find the worst smell in three counties. Give us a call. 08459 four double five five double five tell us where the worst smell is in the three counties and justin you're going to
5: track down that smell not a problem to me i like bad smells you see my partner she will refuse to go where's this going (laughs) (laughs) she stinks you know what she's horrible (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't she smells nice but i like going to secondhand record shops i love it and when you walk in there it smells horrendous but to me that smell is beautiful Do you know what this is i got
0: um i bought a book off ebay really old book and i was sat on the train the other day uh, reading it and i thought oh i bet this smells nice and in front of everyone i didn't care yep. i opened it picked it up and <gasps> took a big sniff it smelled good <laughs> exactly history history smells good it, uh, i've got a record uh, from 1969 that is sealed and one day, when I'm really bored, I'm going to open that ceiling, and I'm going to take a sniff of 1969, and I'm going to tell you what it smelled like. That's Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> you, <right? laughs> you know it is. Yeah. Justin, uh, we will s- we will get people to call in, and we will send you off on a mission. Thank Lovely. you, sir. Thank you. There we go. It's Justin Deely. If there's a smell near you uh, th- 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 that is particularly bad, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Tell us what is it, what you think it is, where it is, and we will send Justin off to that. On the converse, what's the best smell? I see the best smell, it's uh, freshly mown grass, without a shadow of a doubt.
8: Across beds, hearts and barks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Thank you, Simon. Coming up in the next half hour, more on this story about uh, older people with drinking problems, uh, and there is an award-winning mound in Milton Keynes. I know. I know. Controversial. You can give me a call uh, on any of these subjects. 08459 455 555. You can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Here's them BGs. I just need someone to walk on my back. I don't mean that in any kind of sexual way. But you know, I think if someone just kind of just stood on the lower Right hand side of my back, it might just you know give it that click that it needs. Anyone? No one? Disappointing. Speeches, you win again. You know that. Uh this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties. Good morning, it's 636. Now when you think of those with a drink problem, who do you imagine? Young teenagers out on a weekend or someone completely different? Well, have a listen to this.
9: I've learned how much I drink, which has come as a surprise. I'm, I'm a steady, regular social drinker. I'm told on every hand that that's perfectly acceptable, but then I'm told by experts that actually there's a tipping point, and I could be quite near it, in which my drinking and that of other people's becomes quite serious. I've also learned that people don't understand the guidelines. I don't understand the guidelines, my friends don't understand the guidelines. We all hope it means very that we can drink as much as we'd like to. But they're very severe, and they're often quite contradictory, and I'm not sure whether they shouldn't be revised.
0: That was TV presenter Joan Bakewell, who is 79. Now, she's presenting the Panorama documentary on Monday night, which has found that more over 65s have alcohol-related problems than uh, 25-year-olds last year. They found that pensioners are more likely to drink every day, drink at home and drink alone, than any other age group. Barbara's 73 years old. She says her drinking spiralled after her husband's death.
10: I was very, very
9: depressed, very sad, bereft, really, I suppose, and and I I, uh, began to drink when he was ill to try and calm myself and to soothe myself. So I used to just drink and drink, yes.
0: Chris Ponder is a former university lecturer. He says alcohol was a comfort after his early retirement and social uh, social isolation were behind his slide into addiction. At his worst, get this, he was drinking more than a bottle of vodka a day. Obliteration. It was far
11: easier just to drink a couple of slugs of vodka and turn the television on. Um, if it was raining, that was a good excuse not to go out. Wow!
0: Well, uh, listen, I know alcoholics, and I, uh, you know, it, it can be a few beers, it can be two bottles of vodka, it doesn't matter. It's whatever your problem is. Um, you can find out more about these stories on Monday uh, on Panorama, 8.30, BBC One. And after seven on this show, this morning, you can hear how elderly people in the three counties are struggling, like this woman.
1: How many times a day do you have a drink? Um... Three days in the week, that's it. And how much do you drink on those three days if you had to add it up?
2: Uh, That's a pint of lager, three point, whatever it is. Three
1: units for a pint of lager. Three units, yes. yes. How many of those do you have a day? On a good day, I could go 20 pints and still walk home.
0: 20 pints and still walk home? Just, I'm, I'm saying that not out of any form of judgment. Hey, you know, listen, we've all uh, got things that get us through the night. But that does seem like a huge amount, doesn't it? Maybe it doesn't to you. Maybe you're thinking 20 pints. But is, is that all? I'm asking for your honesty this morning, dear listener, and uh, there is no judgment from me whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I'm just curious. If you're over 65, or thereabouts, how much do you drink on a daily basis? How much did you have last night? Or how much would you have in a week, normally, on average? Give me a call and let me know. 08459 555. Or maybe it's your parents, or your friend, or your brother, or your sister, or your husband, or your wife. Uh, again, it's not just men. There's a really high number of women affected by this. Give me a call and be honest about this. Uh, and we'll see what the situation is. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can give me a text as well. 81333. If you start your text, 3CR. And if you email, 3CR at bbc.co.uk. And also, don't forget, Justin Dealey is out and about. We're looking for the smells in the three counties. He's found a stinky bit of rodent Luton. Uh, I'm saying nothing. But uh, stick your head out your window. What can you smell? Have a deep sniff. 20 to 7 in the morning, go on. Or maybe it's uh, somewhere where you work. Uh, maybe it's a shop. Maybe my sister, years ago, used to live above a chip shop. And she thought it was really cool. It was when she was a student, she said, hey, this is cool, we've moved above a chip shop. Yeah, after being there for a week, everything in her house stank of oil. All of her clothes. It was awful when she came back for weekends. Could you just go, oh my God, you, Joe, you smell awful. So let's see if we can find the stinkiest places in the Three Counties area. 08459 455 555. You can text me 81333. Start your text 3CR. You can email 3CR at bbc.co.uk. Let's have a look at some of the front pages of the newspapers as well this morning, shall we? Now, the majority of newspapers uh, are covering this incredible, uh, tragic story in France. But fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it's just the saddest thing. But it's fascinating. Family feud may have led to executions in the Alps. That's the front page of the Telegraph. Uh, a British family murdered during a holiday in France may have been the victims of a contract killing triggered by a family feud, investigators believe. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they know that. Uh, and also, Osborne is positive as growth forecast cut. Okie dokie. Uh, the Guardian. Uh, girl left. This, again, this is another amazing part of this story. Girl left for eight hours in car with murdered family. Now, the French police have said, well, you know, we couldn't go in the car because we had to get the trajectory of bullets, and there was a four-year-old girl left under her dead mother for eight hours. Sorry to put the horrific image in your head, but you kind of think... Just amazing. Uh, 100 metre gold for Peacock as uh, GB passes medal target as well, the the Guardian. This is uh, the celebrations uh, at the Paralympics as as we've exceeded. We, yeah, like I had anything to do with it. Yeah, of course, we have exceeded the uh, Paralympic medals target. Uh, the Times, girl four may hold vital clues to shooting a British family. Uh, Survivor lay hidden for eight hours. Uh, the Independent, a British family on holiday. An Iraqi connection, four dead, two children under police guard. The horror and mystery uh, of these killings. Uh, it, uh, these are all pretty much the front pages. It's, and it's, it's, it's not the cheeriest story in the world to wake up to, is it? Uh, the Daily Mail executed... Uh, and on a lighter note, I think we should try and get something a little bit lighter shouldn't we? They're offering uh, a free £25 portrait of your pet. <laughs> I've got a cat. I love my cat. She's the best thing in the world. Uh, a portrait? I'm not convinced. That I need. I've, got, I've got a camera. I'll take a photograph and remember her like that. It, it, mm. The Daily Express: uh, British family were executed, uh, and a Julie Goodyear exclusive. Oh, we're talking about her yesterday, getting booted out of the uh, the Big Brother house. It's the final t- tonight, isn't it? Tonight is it Friday? Yes, it's the final. The Daily Mirror: I'm scared. Four executed in the Alps. I mean, it's just they're all. It's all the front pages, and the Sun has got the, the same story. It's just it, it's an horrific story, and if you've got kids, isn't it funny when you get kids suddenly? Cynicism drops. It did for me anyway. And I was the most cynical person in the world, uh, and you, just anything that involves kids, your heart goes out. My family have been away for a week. I get to pick them up from Gatwick today. Oh, I'm well excited. I know I'm going to get the best hug in the world from my two and a half year old. It's going to be fantastic. And then I'll ask where the milk is, Dada. You said there'd be milk. Uh, well, um, uh, David in Luton, uh, Ian, your back problem. Sort it out now. I had a back problem in 1982. Now, 20 years, uh, 30 years later, and head to toe is a mess. I will get it sorted out. I know how these things can go on and on and on. And mine kind of comes and goes. I go and see an osteopath He does a little bit of magic. That sorts it out. So it will be all right. But today, man alive. It's Friday the 7th September. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. More over 65s have alcohol-related problems than any other age group. French police are hoping to question the four-year-old British girl who survived the gun attack which killed her family on Wednesday. In sport, a golden night for Paralympics GB with wins in men's sprinting and the wheelchair races. Weather, a dry day with long spells of hazy sunshine. Maximum temperature is 24 degrees. Oh, that's quite nice. And coming up, do you hate noise pollution? Our reporter has the details on a sound barrier in the three counties that's got everybody's talking. A new song has been added to the uh, Three Counties playlist this week courtesy of our BBC introducing show which if you've not heard is cracking uh, introducing supports the bands and musicians from the Three Counties like Charmaine D she's a 14 year old singer songwriter from Stevenage she's 14 and she's got a song on the radio not sure how I feel about that uh, this is a track it's called Stains you can hear it all week on Three Counties Charmaine D Stains she's 14 years old I'd give that an 8 out of 10 what a cracking voice now have a listen to this listening? Can you hear anything? Anything at all? That sounds quite nice and peaceful, doesn't it? I like that. Well, would you believe that's the sound from a housing estate in Milton Keynes, right next to the M1. Residents near Junction 14 are praising an award-winning mound. Yeah, you heard me right. An award-winning mound called Brooklyn's Ridge for successfully blocking out the motorway noise. The ridge will eventually be a mile and a half long and run alongside a future development of two and a half thousand homes. Our reporter Jessica Cooper has been up to the top with Simon Alcock, the project director for the Places for People Development at Brooklyn's.
8: Simon, we are just a stone's throw away from the M1, but you wouldn't really know it considering how quiet it is here. Just explain um, which part of the development we're on at the moment.
12: We're in the northern part of the development, so the area closest to Junction 14. So uh, as a site, this is a a prime location for us because of the ease of transport and uh, connections into central Milton Keynes.
8: How did um, you decide to to build on this side? Because obviously it is very close to the M1 and most people don't necessarily want to live with a, a motorway in their back garden.
12: Building close to the motorway obviously does present some challenges. Clearly the first of those is, is noise and obviously the visual impact as well. What, uh, what we elected to do was to put a large earth bund between the site and the motorway to screen out the noise. What the bund does is it actually provides not only noise attenuation from the motorway, and as you can hear, you can't hear the, the traffic at all, um, but it also provides environmental benefits as well and also leisure opportunities. It's over three and a half kilometres long. It's over ten metres high and about seventy-five metres wide. So, in terms of the the volume of material that's going into that, that's probably about ten times the uh, the volume of Milton Keynes Don Stadium, uh, or a million cubic metres.
8: So, John, you live on um, Brooklyn's. Um Development. I can see the ridge from your front door, so you're just the other side of the M1. Yeah. Do you hear the traffic?
11: No, not at all.
8: So what do you think of the ridge then?
11: I, I like the ridge.
13: I think it's beautiful. On Saturday, we walked up onto the ridge and we like sitting watching the cars
5: going up and down on the motorway and the lorries and the buses. Let's well, be honest, I can't hear nothing at all. I mean, you can barely hear it, hear it on a quiet day and once all the trees and out have grown, you're not going to hear anything at all. So it does its job.
8: When you were moving here, were you consciously thinking about living very near to the M1 and... Was that a good thing or a bad thing?
5: Well, obviously it's a bad thing, but then once you move here and see the area, you realise it's not what you think it's going to be. It's nice and quiet. It's a nice
8: area. Your house-sitting here at the moment on the, on the Brooklands estate, but you also live near the motorway in Newport Pagnall. So how do you notice the sound levels are different? Certainly in
12: Newport Pagnall, it seems to be a lot noisier there. Um, I think there's only board input up, um, which is supposed to reflect the sound into the middle of the estate. Uh, here, it's a lot more quieter Uh, with the mounds at the back there. I think the only time you do hear it excessively is when it's
14: raining.
8: We've made it to the top, and it's quite a, a distinctive change, really, even when you're just coming to the top of the ridge, you still can't hear the traffic until the very, very top.
12: That's right, that last metre makes such a difference, doesn't it? Uh, the minute you crest the ridge, you really do hear the noise from the motorway.
8: If you're looking down the ridge, pretty much extends into the distance and that's what you're working on at the moment, extending it further.
12: That's right, we've completed about half the ridge, that's all landscaped and we've now got the other half of the ridge that we're working on. We're anticipating finishing that uh, back end of next year.
8: For drivers um, coming along northbound on the M1, about to get off, at Junction 14, they're also going to be giving a little helping hand from the, the ridge here. How how does that work?
12: Well, we've used the the colours of the plants to actually create stripes and chevrons along the side of the ridge, so it
0: really guides the uh, the drivers off of the motorway and into Milton kings An award-winning mound, dear listener. Who'd have thunk it? Now this morning, uh, we are sending Justin out to find the smelliest places in the three counties. I know. Listen, he gets it too easy that boy he gets it far too easy i'm while i'm here i'm gonna make him work for his five pounds an hour uh so if you're living somewhere or you travel through a smell every day or you just th- th- there's somewhere near you that's a bit stinky could you give us a call 08459 555 and let us know what it is or text us 81333 start your text 3cr chris uh drives past a stink every day chris whereabouts are you Hello there,
15: I've uh, just passed Junction 14, heading towards Junction 13 now, going south. Uh,
0: OK, this is on the M1, and wh- wh- what <laughs> are you smelling?
15: Uh, it, well, it smells like raw sewage. Um, I'm not sure whether they're sort of muck-spreading uh, uh, you know, over the last few months, but it's, it's been there for quite some time.
0: Uh, well, I, I think that Helen may have mentioned this last week. I think uh, that it's an organic farm. And I don't know why organic farms... Are normal, uh, stinkier than normal farms, but apparently, I guess it's. Is organic poo stinkier than normal poo? Uh, well, I would imagine. So I think uh, organic stuff breaks down, doesn't it? And uh, you get the sort of heat up of the
15: stuff, and it uh, it, it smells a lot.
0: Oh, so uh, is it is it really, really bad, Chris?
15: Well, uh, I mean, I'm transient. I mean, I go. I sort of get a double whammy, really. I go down in the morning and come back in the evening, and uh, it's still there. Uh, I, pi- I pity the people that live around that area,
0: to be honest with really. <laughs> you. It, it does sound fun. Chris, listen, thank you for that. You're near a smell, 08459 455 555, or text us 81333. Start your text 3CR. Here's the Noisettes. That girl, I like this. This is good. Oscar Pistorius is lost again to a Brit. Johnny Peacock. I've never heard of him before. I'm happy to have heard of him now. won a gold medal in the hundred meters at uh, the paralympics yesterday pistorius came forth what did he do then go on facebook and have a cry oh no did he, did he go on did he go on myspace and start whinging that everyone was cheating no because this was a legitimate race as was the last one and you were beaten oscar pistorius so stop you know getting so high and mighty uh, well done johnny peacock fantastic stuff uh, and then there's a picture in the the independent of a fellow doing archery with his feet just think about that for a second man alive. That's incredible, isn't it? Good morning, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in the next hour. You can give us a call, 08459 455 555. Hopefully we'll speak to you after the latest news with Simon Oxley. (laughs) This is Ian Lee. It's three minutes past seven. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in the next hour. Oh, it's packed. We'll be finding out why so many pensioners in the three counties drink too much. We've heard the stats. I want to take your personal stories. I'll give the phone number out in a second. Freddie Flintoff swaps cricket for boxing. I'll try and find out why top sportsmen just can't stop competing. And Little Mix are number one. I believe they're a pop group. So I'm told. Uh, Leanne from the band is a local girl, so we'll have a chat with the family about her success. You can give me a call on that or any of the uh, stories that we're talking about this morning. 08459... 455 555. You can text 81333, starting your text 3CR, or you can email 3CR at bbc.co.uk
1: BBC Three Counties Radio
0: Now, this is what we've been hearing about older people's drinking in the Three Counties.
1: How many times a day do you have a drink?
2: Um, Three days in the week. That's it.
1: And how much do you drink on those three days if you had to add it up?
2: Uh, that's a pint of lager three point whatever it is three
1: units for a pint three of lager units, yes. Yes. how many of those do you have a day on
2: a good day i could go 20 pint and still walk home Wow.
0: Well, the reason that we're talking about this is a panorama investigation. It showed people over 65 are more likely to drink every day, and they're more likely to drink at home on their own than any other age group. Three Counties reporter Sophie Salaria has been asking pensioners how much they're drinking.
7: Um, I don't drink an awful lot, not every day. Perhaps one, when I do shopping and come out. Um, I could say I probably have
1: about four. Four glasses of wine? Wine and lemonade, yes. Okay. Why do you like to have a drink? Well, because I'm out doing something
7: <laughs> and really want to enjoy myself. Yeah.
1: And why do you think that older people are drinking
7: more? Well, I think you can find friends go and have a laugh and doing things rather than sitting on your own indoors all the But not
1: getting drunk or silly. Just enjoy yourself. So it's not about getting drunk, it's more about socialising when yes. you get to this age. Precisely, yeah. And if we totted up your alcohol units, would you say that you drank more than you were allowed to at 60? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I must do because if I have like about four on a, a Sunday, a bottle, yeah, okay. So that's 12 units. Um, and then a couple through the week, so you're you're probably pushing the limit, and you don't even realise. No, probably, yeah. It's surprising, isn't it, when you tot it up? Yes, it is actually, yeah.
0: Well, Colette McKeveney is the Director of Age Concern in Luton. She joins me now. Good morning, Colette. Good morning, Oh, I should probably turn your microphone on. That would help things. There (laughs) we go. It's it's only my second day in the job. I'm allowed to be a bit rubbish for another week, I think.
14: Oh, I see. (laughs) Well, good morning, Ian, anyway.
0: Good morning. Colette, have you noticed a rise in pensioners' alcohol intake?
14: I think, actually, um, for a long time we've been noticing a rise. Way back in 2002, um, Age Concern did some studies on this. Mm. And uh, we identified a bunch of major triggers. And the question is, really, um, how much progress have we made on that?
0: Well, what, well, let's talk about the triggers first. What, what are the key points that, that perhaps set someone off?
14: Well, interestingly, in your interview, um, one of them actually uh, came up straight away, and that's uh, being lonely. Mm. A lot of social life takes re- place around pubs and alcohol, and it's hard... Even for younger people, you know, to go out and actually avoid the alcohol if you're trying to meet people. But equally, um, the reverse is true. Being depressed and lonely at home and, you know, giving up driving. So you feel it's okay to have a drink because Mm. you don't have to drive. So why not? Um, And if you're depressed, um, your best friend can be the bottle if you haven't got anybody to actually talk to so you know it's vicious circle of being lonely of course at home the ironic thing is that
0: the alcohol is a depressant so if you're depressed that's the last thing you want to have but you, you, yeah. it's not, you don't always think like that
14: no and let's be honest if you stay fairly fairly drunk you know you probably don't know that you're actually depressed or at least if you're depressed you you feel that you can express it when you've, you've had a drink
0: do you think that these older people realize that they potentially have a problem
14: well, our study in 2002 and another one in 2006, which is very um, respected by an organisation called Alcohol Acab- Academy, actually said... Um, that they don't, they underestimate it because mm. points don't speak to people most people struggle and in fact in the interviews that came across, people didn't really know no. what a point was, you know, how many points are you allowed and how often and mm. so on and so forth, so the whole point system makes it complicated, why can't they just say you know, four glasses of wine or Well because then, then it's the size it. of
0: the glass, isn't it that's the thing, because <laughs> exactly. you go into some pubs and it's a huge glass, you go into others and it's a tiny little glass
14: Yeah, so it, is but it, there's it, these words we've got, like big, yeah. small, you know, and large you know? Well yeah, you're right, I <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but you're right. Unit is what? What is that? that, that that's a meaningless,
14: absolutely. Term and to so most people, people can easily underestimate what they're drinking or eating. I mean, it's kind of the same concept with people that are overeating. They often seriously underestimate how much they're eating.
0: You uh, so age concern have been aware about this for a long time and we're talking about this because of the Panorama program that's on on, on Monday but you've been aware about this you say for about 10 years
14: yeah I mean this is one of the big difficulties I mean it's not a secret Um, this has been around for a long time people have noticed that you know sort of obviously the stats are out there we know that if older people do drink too much and fall they're likely to end up in hospital much more than a teenager Mm. who can kind of pick himself up and his bones are still strong and you know although they can do injury and it's not to be recommended Mm. um, certainly an older body can take knocks less well generally speaking
0: what can we do to to help them that sounds a bit patronizing but to to, to help the situation i guess no
14: that's a really good question i mean you know we, we identified a number of things that we'd like to see happen and among those are really for when people present with Um, health problems. When they're going to the doctor you know you need to be looking at the whole person and many very good doctors do this Mm. but it's kind of the way GP's appointments are set up. It's difficult sometimes to give the time that people need. So they might come down saying about the dodgy shoulder but actually it's it's much more complex than that. It's the fact they've been bereaved or um, they're in a lot of pain or the pain medications aren't working properly. Um, So GP's screening I think at the initial um, interview would be pretty good Mm. other health professionals, social workers and so forth coming into touch with older people families being a bit conscious you know if gran always seems to think that it's medicinal to have a brandy every time you're around or she gets the sherry out the minute the family turn up or you suspect she's you know the five bottles of sherry she's asking you to buy in each week are not all for friends that are coming around then you know maybe it's the sort of thing you might want to tackle with <laughs> See, I'm
0: smiling at that but that's the se- that's the serious point of it isn't yeah, it because exactly. You, but, but it, is it uh, this is so difficult is it part of the, the, the generation that they grew up in that that was was more socially acceptable to have a little drink of home? Absolutely.
14: I mean you know sort of when I was a kid drink driving wasn't even considered that bad and in fact I watched a comedy the other night um Yes Minister where the minister's drink driving wow. yeah, and and actually you know nowadays that would just be so horrific Yeah. But in then it was kind of making the tabloids in it but it was actually still fairly standard you know
0: i remember being at school and my english teacher mrs Ra- uh, well i won't say her name <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she was telling us about a, you know it was it was common for her friends to go drink driving yeah. when, it, when they were younger well that's, that's how you got back to
14: the pub isn't of it yeah
0: so is it i'm guessing it's possibly too late to, to to re-educate these these elderly people
14: is it well there's more to it than that i mean there's a few simple things that everybody can do number one i think um, we found in our study, Alcohol Academy found in theirs, and it'll be interesting to see the panorama program, mm. was loneliness and social isolation. We need community-based projects, we need people involved in their families if they haven't got families involved in their communities we need good support around bereavement because that's mm. often a trigger for people becoming lonely or, you know, a bad diagnosis I've got I've got this horrible illness so um, what does it matter if I drink myself to death anyway? Um, so, you know kind of support for people whenever they get these sort of big um, situations in life. Um, making sure people have got transport to get out and about, you know, sort of they can do things. And actually looking at the way that we actually organise social life is is, is kind of important as well. You know, obviously the government intending to make drinking very expensive, so I think people drinking at home, they'll be more tempted to stay at home and Mm. drink. So I actually see... actually problem drinking being masked in the community could be a bigger problem.
0: Whenever I have done a story or heard a story about uh, older people there's the, the person always says well you know just why don't you go and knock on uh, an elderly person's door if, if there's someone in your street who's older and lives on their mm. own they don't want that, do they, though? They, they're like, G- go well, away, I'm, I'm enjoying being on my own, I don't want you bothering me.
14: Well, no, they might. I mean, the point is you don't know, but I mean, right. no, would you appreciate any random stranger? Sometimes it's a question of sort of, you know, having a bit of a relationship building. Yeah. Maybe if you've been saying hello every morning for the past four or five weeks. Maybe if you've exchanged Christmas cards or you've got some, some sort of leading but i think a do-gooder just knocking on most people's door would be fairly scary you know for most of us i mean there is a big 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 thing that everybody can do and i think this is something that we just need as a society to watch out for yeah. people staying involved and having someone to talk to mm. is a bigger pre- the biggest preventative factor um you know over and above everything else um in looking after yourself and staying well and that includes um the alcohol issue
0: mm. Claire, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully this this chat this morning and the programme on Monday will raise some sort of awareness about the situation.
14: I think I do hope so. I mean, as I say, at the end of the day, there are some very simple and basic recommendations that can put in place. If people do have problems, there is advice and support out there. So, so do bring us at Age Concern. Mm. Um, talk to people about alcohol use. And there's many resources in the library that you might want to pick up.
0: Fantastic. Colette McKeaveney, Director of Age Concern in Litton. Thank you very much for that. You're When uh, you've heard that story, has it affected you at all? Are you an older person? Uh, 65 and over. How much do you drink? I'm looking for you to be honest this morning. If you give me a call, 08459 455 555, uh, and to try and be honest, I'm not going to judge you. There's no judgment here. There's nothing like that at all. I just want to know, how much do you drink? And do you think it's a problem? Because I'm guessing that you probably don't. You're probably not aware that perhaps, you know, drinking those ten pints a night... We had the lady on the the clip earlier who says she, she occasionally drinks 20 pints a day and manages to walk home i don't know how you could function on any d- decent level after 20 pints a day that, that j- makes no sense to me at all but obviously she's built up the tolerance just have a thing just just tot up how much you normally have on a friday night or how much you have a week or, or, or maybe it's your husband or your wife or your mum or your dad or your granny or your grandma and just give me a call and let me know 08459 455 555. You can text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR, or you can email 3CR at (laughs) bbc.co.uk. Good morning, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your headlines on Friday, the 7th of September. More over 65s have alcohol-related problems than any other age group. French police are hoping to question the four-year-old British girl who survived the gun attack which killed her family on Wednesday. In sport, a golden night for Paralympics GB with men's sprinting and the wheelchair races. We'll have a full weather bulletin in a minute with Steve Weston. And coming up, have you ever had a dramatic career change? One famous sporting star has gone from cricket to boxing? Really? Find out more. You can give me a call 08459 455 555 or you can text 81333. Start your text 3CR.
1: BBC Three
0: Counties Radio. Take a moment and have a little sniff. Is there something nasty in the air? Have a little ponder. We are trying to find the worst smell in the Three Counties. Last week, residents in Milton Keynes were left holding their noses due to farmers' muck spreading, and we've had reports of a pong on the A6 Barton Road in Luton. Our reporter, Justin, is investigating. Good morning, Justin! Hello, Ian! <laughs> you get all the gla- Listen, <laughs> this is the new regime. While I'm here... You're going off on some pretty rotten jobs, OK? Oh, that's fine by me. You've had it good, good
5: lad. I know yeah. you won't mind. Uh, so t- tell me exactly where you are. I'm on the Barsham Road in Luson, uh, just outside the BP petrol station, yep. and uh, people have been complaining, well, some people have been complaining, saying there's a smell. Uh, we spoke to Mary earlier on, who I just thought was wonderful. She thought it might have been her neighbour, because uh, he's been creosoting his fence recently. Uh, I think it's a bit more serious than that, because uh, some people are saying that when it warms up, there, there is a horrendous smell here. Some people blame the drain system now a few moments ago i spoke to somebody called ian terribly common name that oh dear. But, uh, yes but uh, here's what ian had to say about the smell here on the Barston road in luton ian have you noticed a bad smell here recently no <laughs> but you think it might be something to do with what happened a few years ago tell yes. us more about that yes well the road was resurfaced at the top of uh, birdsfoot lane with anti-skid material and that did smell for quite a long while mm. yeah So you think it might have actually come back every now and again? Uh, Occasionally you do get a little whiff of it, yes. So, with me right now, take a deep breath. Mm. What can you smell? Fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) So this morning, clearly not a problem. And you're a man who's got a plaque in his hand. Not many men are walking around at this time of the morning with a plaque in their hands. That is true. What's this plaque all about, then?
3: Uh, This is a plaque to commemorate the planting of the Diamond Jubilee Oak at um,
15: Warden Hill Junior School. So you're now off to the school. I'm going to school to put the plaque back. It was um,
5: pulled out of the ground... A couple of months ago, I'm broken. Yeah. I took it home to mend it, and it's now going back where it should be. Fantastic stuff. Have a great day. Thanks Have a great right. week, and hopefully the smell won't come back. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> So the views there of Ian, he is saying absolutely no problem here. But this is where it gets interesting, Ian, because if I'm being perfectly honest with you this morning, as I sniff right now, I can't smell anything. But that could just be me. Earlier in the first hour, we spoke to Paula, and she was saying, yes, there's a major problem here with the smell. That was when she was inside the petrol station. we've now got her outside to test it, and she has taken this very seriously. Now Paula we spoke to you earlier on inside the petrol station and you said the smell here can be as bad as as eight out of ten. That's pretty smelly. We've now got you outside the petrol station. How bad is it this morning?
7: At the moment I would say between
5: About four. That was a serious sniff there, wasn't about it? Four.
7: <laughs> yeah. If you um just walk
5: Should work for the council. Yes,
7: it's around this area and that that you can smell it. Um, so, yeah, it'll be down Bursford Lane, later on as, as it warms up, then you can really smell it quite bad.
5: So there you go, the views of Paul are saying that <laughs> later in the day, <laughs> later in the day oh. this is going to get bad, and can I just say Ian, we have spoken to Lucenborough Council in reference to uh, Ian's comments, he said it was this anti-skid resurfacing work which happened back in 2008, we were in contact with the council yesterday and the council say to us, no it's got nothing to do with that, that work was done years ago, so the mystery goes on. Paula's saying it's the drains. Again, if the council are listening, I'm sure they would like to respond to what she's had to say.
0: Listen, can I just say, Justin, Mm. this is Sony
5: Gold. I the, think so. This yeah. is it. You and I. <laughs>
0: someone, I hope someone's clipping this. Send this off to the Sony judges. Yes. Uh, because this is it, my friend. We're, mm. on the, we're in the big time.
5: After a few beers, it will sound even better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Justin, listen, we will keep an, a, a, a nose out, I guess, for any other smells that we might be sending you off mm. to, and we'll speak to you a bit later on. Sounds good. Excellent stuff, Justin. Mm. There. The, the, superb. One of uh, BBC Three County's greatest assets. <laughs> We are asking you to call in about all kinds of things today. Over 65s and their drinking habits. Uh, I think the most important subject that we are pursuing this morning is bad smells. If you want to give us a call on that, 08459 455 555. You can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. We've had a call. It's Pauline in Bedford. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. How are you this morning? Oh, not too bad. It's a day off. Hey, listen, the weekend starts early, huh? Yeah, I'm absolutely. going to the airport straight after this show to pick up my wife and kids who I haven't seen for a week. I cannot wait. I'll be, I'll be sick of them by six o'clock this evening, I know, but <laughs> I cannot wait. Bad smells, what have you got for us?
6: Well, not a lot of people know this. Oh. But farmers are using raw sewage in with their muck spreading.
0: Whoa, hey!
6: Yeah, so somebody somebody look into it. It's true,
0: absolute truth. Well, hang on a minute. How How do you know this is true? <laughs> because...
6: Because I was down in Berkshire the other day with my sister yeah. and I could smell it and my sister told me that that is, they looked into it and that is what is happening with
0: farmers. <laughs> they're, they're allowed to use raw sewage. There are so many levels. This your sister looked into it, did she? Oh, absolutely. Mm, yes. Uh, there are, illab- but raw sewage. Uh- they don't put up
6: with things like
0: that in Berkshire. No, not in Berkshire. You slip no, into. No. Are you from Berkshire? Cause absolutely. You slip into a little Berkshire yes. accent there. Yes, I am. Thought <laughs> so. Yes, you got a little accent there. Uh, but th- 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 that can't be allowed. Raw sewage. That- that- well, you look into it, and it's the truth. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> listen, Pauline, we're going to look into that, uh-huh. and if it's not the truth, we're going to come round, and we're going to put raw <laughs> sewage on your front garden.
16: <laughs> You'll have a job. I haven't got one. Mm. <laughs> it's
0: going through the letterbox. Pauline, lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Ta-ta. We're going we're to look into that. We will find out. Raw sewage? Farmers? That can't be right. That can't be right, can it? Any farmers listening? Is that true? Oh, wait. four five 555. We'll have a little look into that. Now, we've all thought about a career change at times, haven't we? Do you know what? Two years ago, I very nearly became a primary school teacher. Yeah, I know. I went to the meetings, I did a couple of days in a primary school, and and then I got offered a a job, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll stick at this for another couple of years. Uh, Well, England cricket star Freddie Flintoff is planning to become, get this, a heavyweight, not boozer, boxer. If he gets a licence from the British Boxing Board of Control, he will make his debut fight in November. Now, Freddie, who lives in Buckinghamshire, will be trained by former world featherweight champion Barry McGuigan and his son Shane. But why would someone who has the respect of millions, probably plenty of money, and a fairly easy life ahead of him, want to get their head pounded in a boxing ring? Well, to try and answer that, we've got Dr Judith Niesbeens, who is a sports psychologist from the University of Hertfordshire. Good morning, Judith. Good morning. It's a strange one, Judith. What did you think when you heard of this?
17: Uh, quite surprised going from cricket to um, boxing. Is quite a, a difference in, in sport there. But um, I think when you look into it a bit more and discover that it's for a, a TV series, um, and then he has done this kind of extreme sports in the past and tried out different things. I suppose it's, it's not that
0: surprising. So this is more for a TV series as opposed to this is going to, or could it be his new career if it goes well?
17: I would imagine at the age of what, about mid-30s, to actually get into boxing having never done it before is going to be a huge challenge to, uh, to try and overcome. Um, I know that he's, he's been uh, training for the last couple of months for this fight um, coming up in November, and I guess it just depends on, on how he goes. But I don't imagine that he's going to be our next Olympic champion at boxing at, uh, at Rio in four years'
0: time. But <laughs> you, never, you, I mean, you mentioned his extreme sports. He does seem to be one of these people who um, constantly has to get that buzz Mm. of of doing something a little bit... I mean, cricket's quite dangerous. Mm. Do you think that's that's in his personality, in his genes, that he's like that?
17: I think so. I think for a lot of elite athletes, um, when they come to retirement, whether it's forced retirement through injury or they've, you know, they've made that decision to to retire perhaps after the Olympic Games, that does kind of leave a void in, in their lives. They've spent all their lives training, they've been working hard, and, and that is essentially their career. So in an essence, um, they're retiring 20 or 30 years mm. earlier than, than you and I would normally do, um, and they need something to fill it. And, and their type of career Involves lots of media attention, hundreds of thousands of people watching them and following them, and then suddenly they're out of that career.
0: It does. It, it is quite striking to think, you know, that sort of 25, 35, That's yeah. it. That's your career over. Yeah. What do you do for the next fifty years?
17: Absolutely. And and a lot of athletes. I mean, if you take footballers for example. Um, not to be too stereotypical, but they probably haven't got fantastic A levels. They haven't gone on to do a university degree. So, what what do you do when you when you retire? And some of them will go into coaching. Some will go into the kind of media. Um, but there's an awful lot of them that haven't got the training behind them to go into a different career. So, it is a real challenge for some of
0: these guys. Do these sports people that ever that, that swap sports when they retire? Is there ever? any success I remember years ago Daley Thompson played for Reading I think Mm. for a season but he wasn't particularly good do they ever kind of take off in their second sporting career I don't think that they they go
17: to the next you know the same level for their second career in sport I mean I think you've got some people like Ivan Lendl who was incredibly successful at tennis and then moved into golf and Did he really? Was exceptionally good at golf, right. then you're not going to see him, you know, at the very, very high level. They've been trained for many, many years for a particular sport, and, and to change that is a little bit like us to change our career. But th- they fill their lives with something, and it's that competitive edge. It's, you know, it's still to train, it's still to work hard.
0: Judith, thank you very much. That's Dr. Judith Niesby, who is a sports psychologist from the University of Hertfordshire. I bet there are, money, there are people out there who pay good money to see um, Freddie Flintoff getting punched in the fat. I'm sure there probably are. It's an odd one, isn't it? You do kind of think that the, the, people like him obviously have a desire to, uh, to chase thrills. I don't. I have a desire to chase sitting at home drinking coffee and watching television. That's that's kind of where uh, we are very, very different in that respect. So don't forget this morning we are looking for the smelliest places in the three counties. Is it near you? Could you give us a call and we'll send Justin over to have a little sniff? 08459 455 555. And also if you're over 65 or you know someone over 65... What are your drinking habits like? 08459 oh, four double five five double five. You can text 81333, starting your text 3CR. Let's get the latest news headlines now with Simon Oxley. Simon, very quickly before you go, you mentioned that England have a big
16: uh, mm. football game tonight. It's the, the World Cup is starting already. What? Indeed, it is, yeah. yeah maybe um, uh, 2014 when the finals take place, and hopefully England will be there uh, in Brazil. Um, but yeah, the qualifying campaign uh, gets underway uh, this evening in uh, the uh, unlikely setting of Moldova. Malt- Moldova. I don't, where, where on earth is Moldova? Moldova is uh, in uh, Eastern Europe. It's um, they're rated about hundred thirtieth in the world, so oh. it ought to be a relatively straightforward <laughs> evening where, for where England. Are, but you never know. Where
0: are we rated in the world?
16: Um, bizarrely, in the top f- uh, four or five, really? uh, despite uh, um, you know not doing too well in uh, in tournaments in in recent years. But it's based on results over the over the year, um, and yeah, we you know in in theory we should win quite comfortably, but, uh, with, but it's not always as simple as that. With the success of
0: Team GB in the Olympics uh, and, the, you know, we've seen some amazing things, I guess the pressure is on the, the English football team, isn't it? To, to Absolutely, to look
16: yeah, to deliver and to look good and to behave well and to, um, you know, do all their interviews and smile at the right times and all that sort of thing, everything that the Olympians and Paralympians have done uh, and more, you know, will be expected of the footballers. Um, it's live on TV tonight, but, uh, you know, better People's habits are slow to change and there will probably be more people watching the football on ITV than watching the Paralympics on Channel 4. Simon, thank you very much there. We, uh, we shall see what happens with that.
0: There's just never a break from football. The thing is, they are, they are under pressure. Because not only do the Olympians perform well and win lots, they behaved pretty much amazingly, didn't they? They set a real standard of what sports pers- people should uh, uh, behave like, how they should behave. And footballers, <clears throat> they get paid quarter of a million pounds a week, and, you know, they kind of act a little bit naughty most of the time.
8: Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Coming up in the show, X Factor winners, Little Mix, are number one in the charts. We've got Leanne uh, from the band. is a local girl, which is exciting. We'll speak to her sister, Sarah, later on. That's good, that. I I like a bit of pop. Always good to have a little bit of pop. And the Green Party conference starts today. Do you care? Less than 3% voted for them in the election. And I I think maybe 20 years ago, there was a relevance about them. But is there now, really, in 2012, most of the parties seem to have adopted the uh, Green Party, kind of the softer Green Party stuff. And if you drink every day, do you have a drink problem? Have a think about that for a second and give me a call, 08459 455 555. It's a really interesting uh, uh, report that uh, our reporter Sophie has uh, been doing uh, in response to this Panorama programme that's airing on BBC One, which claims that uh, over-65s are having more and more drinking-related problems than younger people. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. You can text as well, 81333, start your text, 3CR, and you can email 3cr at bbc.co.uk if you want to give us a call. Let's have a quick look at the front pages of some of the papers, shall we, this morning, as we have a spare moment to fill. They're pretty grim. I'm not going to go through all of them, because they're... they're <laughs> It's this fascinating yet horrific story that's happening uh, in France. Uh, The Times, girl four may hold vital clues to shooting a British family. They're all pretty much the same story, uh, really. The Independent, um, a British family on holiday, an Iraqi connection, four dead. They also feature uh, Johnny Peacock, who beat Oscar Pistorius um, in the uh, 100 metres and won gold. Well done him. Excellent stuff. And the rest of the papers, The Mirror uh, is uh, about the execute four executed in the Alps. They're calling it an execution. And this story really is just going to be uh, <sighs> a deep, dark and mysterious. The Daily Mail executed. Uh, and of course, you can get a portrait of your pet. for t- uh, It's free. Wow. People do that. I love my cat. She is the most important thing. Although while I was away on holiday recently, for whatever reason, I won't go into detail, but I accidentally blocked her cat flap. So she couldn't get out. So she used my little boy, his little boy's bedroom as her toilet. Oi! So t- you talk about smells. I'm, I've been scrubbing. I've been using vanish. I've been hoovering all kinds of things. I just cannot get rid of that smell. Any tips on getting rid of the smell of cat I know. Uh, but if any tips on getting rid of the smell of cat in my little boy's bedroom? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five, five, five. now little mix the winners of last year's x-factor have gone straight to the top of the uk charts with their single wings we follow little mix here on three counties as leanne from the band is from high wycombe sarah is leanne's sister and she joins us right now
18: morning sarah Hiya.
0: when did you last see leanne do you get to see her now that she's a big pop star um i see her quite
18: often actually more than i expected
0: is she not protected by like loads of minders and management saying I'm sorry, uh, she's busy for the next three months. <laughs> you can't see her until October.
18: Oh no, no, it's not that bad. How is she I, doing? You saw her yesterday. You so saw her yesterday. How is she? Is yeah. She all right? Yeah, she's good. She's doing really well. She's enjoying it.
0: Good, and I think that's that's the, the, the should be the key thing. Listen, being a pop yeah. star, let's be honest, don't last for long. So make the most of it while it's happening. Exactly.
18: Yeah. What
0: a what a journey she's on. Why do you think? They won the X Factor. It was a slow favourite, a slow burn, wasn't it? Because they weren't favourites at the start.
18: They were actually favourite to come out the first week. Yeah. So I think um, everyone kind of wanted a band to win because a band had never won before, and there was a gap in the market for a girl group. And they all got on so well, and they were so friendly towards everyone that um, worked with the X Factor. So everyone kind of got behind them because everyone just loved them. Mm. And I think that kind of helps
0: in their favour. Now, I- I'm going to make a confession. Uh, I don't watch The X Factor. I know, I'm probably the only person <laughs> in the country. I watched a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago, because uh, my friend was on or last week, because my friend was on it, bizarrely. Um, oh, yeah. She was the singing fairy, and she did brilliantly. Uh, but I-, 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 I tend not to watch it. So th- they were, did they audition as a band, or were they put together as a band? They were actually put together as a band. They
18: auditioned indiv- as individuals, and they were put together. And how did they yeah. feel
0: about that? Because that must be a bit odd.
18: Oh, uh, at first Leanne wasn't happy at all because usually bands never do well. Yeah. So at first she was like, Oh great, we're going the first day, like but um I think because she was put with girls that she actually got on with, she kind of when she actually got together with them and they started singing, she actually kinda of realised actually, you know, we could actually stand a chance but at first she was a bit like oh i wasn't really wanting to be in a band but obviously it's still an opportunity for her to go further otherwise she would have had to come home yeah so. of course So, no, listen
0: it's fantastic <laughs> and also did some of the best bands in the world have been put together by a management team you look at take yeah. that you look at the monkeys all of these groups you know use the the, the manufactured world were put together and they made some fantastic music yeah does she get any input at all in the songs that the group performs and releases yeah
18: they actually co-write in their album so they've had a lot of input, considering, you know, at that first, I don't think she kind of thought that she'd get as much input as she does. Yeah. But um, they're the very much like invo- they're very much involved in everything. The videos, everything they're involved
0: in. Hey, listen, so. the writing—the writing's where the money is, Sarah. Yeah, that's where the residuals <laughs> come. That's that's what will give her a pension in fifty wow. years' time. She writes a hit single, uh, and uh, 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 is she is she a millionaire? Is, uh, is, has she got loads of money? Is she lighting cigars with fifty pound notes?
18: Um, I wouldn't say so millionaire yet, but she's doing alright. by next Yeah, she's doing alright. <laughs> good doing for her. Good, so. and are you a performing
0: family? Is like your is your mum like a a, a singer? And a, do you go out and perform and do stuff?
18: It's actually my dad that's a performer. Oh, right. Mum wasn't very into it, but my dad was very perform. Like he he loves performing. He took us to stage school. Right. Um, he's an actor, so he kind of got us into everything.
0: Has he been in anything?
18: Um, he does theatre.
0: Ah, uh, um, as, as my mum would say, oh, not proper acting then. <laughs>
18: if, she's, <laughs> if, she's not,
0: if she's not seen it on the telly, <laughs> then it's not proper. <laughs> Bless her. Hey, listen, uh, Sarah, I, I hope she enjoys it. It, it. Being a pop star, you know, it's, it's every young person's dream. Uh, and I hope you get a little bit of the glory as well. Sarah, thanks very oh, much for coming thank on. You. Still like, there we go. Fantastic. I don't watch X Factor. I know. I, t- I do find it a little bit exploitative. I find the first few weeks when they have people on who are obviously you know, mentally ill. I find that uncomfortable. And then when it gets to, you know, the, the last ten weeks, I find it a bit boring. But uh, yeah, a friend of mine was on, Melanie. She was supposed to be the singer in my band, but she's obviously probably going to get down to the last ten in X Factor, so that's not happening. Melanie Masson, we'll get her on one day. She's good. Uh, but that's excellent. Thank you very much there. That's Sarah, who's Leanne's sister from uh, Little Mix. Uh, Wendy is on the line. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning. You're in Little... Well, uh, Wyman. 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 No, Wyman
6: Lee.
0: Little Wyman Lee. Little Wyman Lee. Yeah. You just made up a word there. You just keep adding bits to it. No. No,
6: I didn't. <laughs> you I even spelt it
0: to him. Well, you know, listen. Well, the, the team I've got here, blimey. <laughs> you have you got a tip for getting rid of the smell of catwee in my little boy's room? Yes, Go.
6: vinegar and water. That's all you need. What? Vinegar and water. Vinegar.
0: I keep hearing that vinegar is the, is the the thing that that can cure everything. Vinegar will get rid of the smell. Yeah,
6: you you add a, a, a sort of dilute it. dilute the vinegar, but have it quite strong to begin with. Yeah. And then, sort of like, just dilute it more and more. It might take a couple of days, but it will get rid, because Uh, I had a cat.
0: So what do I do, put it in a bowl, get a cloth, and and scrub it on?
6: Or or if you've got one of those spray gun things.
0: Oh, we've got a spray gun thing, yeah, I like that. Always looking for an excuse to use that. And
6: and vinegar and water is is marvellous for anything. But it, it does get rid of the smell. It might smell of vinegar for a couple of days. <laughs> but I'd rather the smell of vinegar.
0: <laughs> there you go. Wendy, listen, that's very kind of you. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Paul in Kempston. Good morning, Paul. Morning. What have you got for us?
15: Um, talking about the smells and what they might be. Yes. Um, I don't claim to be an expert, but I've got uh, people I know who are farmers and work for water treatment companies. And my understanding, this time of year, they've obviously done the harvest thing. And since they ban stubble burning and stuff, and they turn it into the soil, and they need something that helps biodigest all the stubble and stuff. Yes. So, so what they tend to do, the, the, there are companies which go to the water treatment works, and you know the big sprinklers where they go and percolate the water through for the sewage and yeah. stuff and all, all that? Yeah. What they then do is they collect and clean out those tanks and clean the sludge from that, and then they oh. use that to spray on the, cro- on the ground oh. to fertilise it for crops.
0: So, hang on, are you saying... Because a caller called up earlier on and said that farmers are now allowed to use raw... Su- allowed to use sewage. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's been collected from a water treatment work, you tell me? Oh, my it, God! I don't want to look... We're 30 30
15: 30 looking 30 behind the curtain! Raw, it's, not, it's not raw as in you pumped into a tank straight from the toilets and you bung in it on the land. Right. Because, I mean, water, a water treatment works. they take all the muck out of it by filtering it through all the filter beds.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so, you
15: know. Have you ever taken your toilet apart and have to deal, deal with the U bend? I've had to do that once,
0: and it doesn't smell that bad. I tell you what, we had we had a block drain the other uh, the other week, uh, and that smelt bad. That <laughs> smelt bad, and boy, oh boy, it was it was. And the stuff that came out of there, no human being should ever have to see that stuff. Uh, when well, nappies involved, though. <laughs> never put a nappy down the toilet, Paul. That's the first. Never put a nappy or a wet wipe down the toilet. There's there's a rule, Paul. Thank you very much for that. If you want to give me a call. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five eight one three double three. start your text three cr I feel that we are looking behind the curtain. I don't want to know that sewage is being pumped on farm land. we've got to talk to a farmer about this. This is just terrifying.. <laughs> Good morning if you just tuned in. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.45 on Friday the 7th September. These are your headlines. More over 65s have alcohol-related problems than any other age group. French police are hoping to question the four-year-old British girl who survived the gun attack which killed her family on Wednesday. In sport, a golden night for Paralympics GB with wins in men's sprinting and the wheelchair races. Weather, a dry day with long spells of hazy sunshine. Maximum temperature is 24 degrees. And coming up... How do we feel about politics and how do you feel about the environment and the Green Party? We'll talk about that next. If you want to give me a call, 08459 455 555.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: If he's Lord Co, does that mean she's Lady Co? Is that how that works? I'm never quite sure how these, uh, these titles... Is he Lord Co, by the way, or have I just dreamt that? He probably is. I think she must be Lady Co. Uh, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me a call at any point should we keep sunday shopping hours longer during the olympics and paralympics they've uh, been extended and that all ends on monday well a survey seems to show that we're quite divided on this just under half of people want longer shopping hours on sunday i guess that means that just over half don't Maybe maybe some are unsure. Let's talk to Danielle Pennington, who is Managing Director of Shoppercentric, a Harpenden-based retail analyst. Good morning, Danielle.
7: Morning. Uh,
0: these extra hours, these extended Sunday shopping hours during the Olympics, did they work?
7: It's hard to say, isn't it? Because there's been a lot of reports that actually um, sales weren't that good during the Olympics. We didn't see the bounce that everyone was expecting. So it's quite hard to say that um, the Sunday, the additional trading has actually been a success.
0: What, 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 there are loads of reports about London being empty. D- take my word for it. London was not empty when I went down there. It was on the news. All oh, Oxford Street's empty. I went and had look. It was a, as busy as normal. D- d- does d- the Sunday trading laws, if they were to be relaxed permanently, do you think they will be good for business? Once we're out of the whole Olympic and Paralympic kind of special phase, in the long term, would they be good for business?
7: Again, it's a difficult one to say. Mm. As the report um, that you mentioned said, only half of shoppers actually say they'd be... Um, interested in shopping on a Sunday and I think that's the issue is yes we like the extra flexibility but whether we're actually going to get out and spend more is really hard to say especially when we're all still quite pressured in terms of how much money we've got available so will we simply be spreading the same amount of money but across more days I'm not entirely sure that having extra hours in the shops is actually going to encourage us to spend more which I think is really what people are hoping it will do
0: It will have an impact on workers lives wouldn't it
7: It would, absolutely, and that's the side that you don't necessarily always hear about. Uh, And not just workers, but businesses as well. If you think about the independent retailers who are really quite struggling at the moment, if the big boys, the multiples, decide, yes, we're going to have longer hours, then the independents are going to feel they've got to keep pace with that. And yet they're often one-man bands or, you know, they're they're family-run businesses. And so it's putting more pressure on them to work longer or to have more staff or to ask their staff to work longer. So it's not necessarily got all benefits there are some downsides to this as well
0: well yeah, you, you, you said that it, it sounds like it's going to be bad for the quality of life for a lot of people
7: it could be um, but that's the thing it's for some it could be um an issue and i think for workers in particular that's something that that you do hear them talking about when this subject is raised for some shoppers though those that are quite interested in it then maybe they're the sort that have very busy lives during the week and do like the idea of being able to do their shopping on a Sunday instead of trying to cram it all on a Saturday. But then again, another sort of alternative way of looking at it is isn't online all about helping us shop any time we want to? Mm. Um, so the Sunday trading argument, it's, it, there's not a clear-cut answer to it. I think there's a lot of pros and cons coming from all sorts of angles.
0: It's inevitable, isn't it, that we're going to relax the trading laws? If you think back 30 years ago when everything was shut on a Sunday, surely it's the natural progression, isn't it?
7: It does feel like a natural progression, and I think sometimes shoppers, when they're asked, they almost think it's happened anyway, um, and they're slightly surprised by the debate. Um, so maybe there's a sense that this is inevitable, uh, but I think it, it, it needs to be handled carefully, and it needs to be a choice thing mm. rather than everyone feeling they have to do it.
0: Well, Danielle, I, I, listen, I'm supposed to be impartial. I, I, I do kind of miss the days when Sundays were special, not for any religious Reasons. It was just nice that there was a day when things were shut or only open for a couple of hours and you had to relax. You had to sort of switch off a bit.
7: Yes, but that was before the days of online, wasn't yeah, it? you're I right. I think a lot of people, you know, they relax, but then they think, oh, actually, I do fancy doing a bit of shopping or I'm, I'm going to go on the PC. So I think life has moved on from those days. Um, it's a question of how far people actually want it to go further.
0: I'm just an old man. Danielle, <laughs> listen, thank you very much. really interesting. Danielle Pinnington, who's Managing Director of Shopper a Harpenden-based retail analyst. Maybe you've got an opinion on that. Oh, 08459 five, 555. Double, five, double, five. Text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Now, the Green Party gather in Bristol this morning for the start of its autumn conference. Caroline Lucas, the party's outgoing leader and only MP, will formally hand over the leadership to Natalie Bennett. They would like to create a green national investment bank out of one or more of the currently nationalised banks to aid funding investment in green technologies, renewable and energy efficiency programmes. But how green are you? Justin Dealey has been speaking to people in Luton about whether they care about being green and their views on the Green Party.
17: I use the recycling bins quite a lot. When I finish this, it's going to go in the recycling bin. But um, I've, I've not really thought about anything major.
5: So, to be brutally honest, the Green Party, do you really give a monkey's about them?
3: Not really. I think all politicians are all tied with the same brush. Uh, depending, uh, I don't know who gets, into, gets a seat. I don't really think that any of them are any good.
5: That's fair enough. That's quite broad as an it answer. It, it is quite broad. So the Green Party themselves, let me ask you this then. Do you really care about being green? Or do you think to yourself, well, we didn't recycle many years ago, so why do I need to recycle now?
3: Well, I, I think to be in, in uh, things speaking, um, we do do a lot of recycling at home. We do uh, a good 60, 65% of our waste is recycled. Yeah, I'll, I'll always go along with recycling. Um, I'm, I'm a great believer because landfill is so so tight these days, you know, the, the, you, can't, you can't get a hole in the ground for love, no money sort of thing. And uh, they're, they're filling up rather fast. One day,
5: would you ever vote for the Green Party? Can they be taken seriously? Or I do don't you think... think I'd ever I vote. They'd
3: ever get I don't think they'd ever get anywhere.
5: Vanessa, what's your thoughts on the Green Party? Again, people have been quite honest about them today. Your honest views on the Green Party in a nutshell?
7: Well, yes, uh, I agree with a lot what they say, but um, I don't think they'd ever get into government.
5: Would you almost feel like you'd be wasting your vote by voting for them?
7: Yes, really, yeah. And how
5: much do you care about being green? Do you do things every week to be green?
7: Well, we recycle our waste and everything, Yes. But that's about as far as we go, really,
5: yeah, yeah. But I, th-
12: I think they've got a point to make um, in that we all ought to be conscious of the environment and, and
5: certainly green issues ought to be at the uh, forefront of the agenda. Now come on, then, what do you do to be green? Do you do something once a week, once a month to be green, apart from recycling? Is there anything else that you do that you thought, yeah, I'm going to do that because I'm going to be green and afterwards I'm going to feel good about it? Anything at all? Uh, no- nothing that comes immediately to mind.
6: I think people either agree with the policies or they don't you know it's up to the individual isn't it
5: and what about yourself do you agree with the recycling I with having less gas guzzling th- cars do you agree with all that
6: i do agree with that yes although i drive a car so i can't say anything
5: <laughs> really <laughs> so, as much as you agree with them you wouldn't give up your car for them?
6: no no
0: well, Councillor Ian Brandon is a Green County Councillor for Hertfordshire County Council, and he joins us now. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Ian. Three Ians on one show. This is, I think, one of the signs of the uh, apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> the Green Party, it, it, it does face credibility issues amongst voters, doesn't it? You, you only managed 2.7% of the vote in your own 2010 election campaign. Um,
17: That's...
19: Uh due to i mean you've got to think of the 2010 um election where we were making our first breakthrough and we did that with uh caroline lucas in brighton and i think that shows actually there is there is um a time where in coming general elections we will be you know we would hope to be making a further gains like in places like norwich uh and places like lewisham etc and also, you've got to look also at our councillor figures. Our councillor figures have been going up and Natalie Bennett who's uh, our new leader has been really looking at pushing our MEPs and she's looking at, and obviously the Green Party looking at trebling their MEPs in the uh, at European elections in 2014. So I certainly think, credibility-wise, we are, we are getting there, um, and I think the figures are actually showing, you know, bit by bit that, that we're, we're proving that.
0: Your conference starts today. What's the focus going to be?
19: The, the big focus for us... Um, at conferences about the economy and actually our alternative plan to, you know, getting the economy uh, moving and certainly, you know, a, f- a few of the things that we're, we're looking at is rather than, you know, a big cut, you know the amount, amount of massive cuts that the Conservatives and, and Liberal Democrats are trying to push through is looking at alternative ways to get the economy moving like, uh, you know, money for green energy pro- projects by using a green
0: investment bank. Any other ways of, of kick-starting the economy?
19: Well, I think that's, that's the main one. But we're also looking at um, things like making sure that um, banks are, uh, you know, the, the big bankers' uh, tax. Uh, we're also making sure, looking to make sure that uh, there's less tax evasion as well. That's a massive yeah, hole good, in the good, economy. Good luck
0: with <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. uh, l- Ian, listen, is it fair to say that, uh, that the major parties have kind of cherry-picked your most popular uh kind of um ideals and and uh, things from your manifesto and left you with all the the kind of weirdy fringeer stuff so that they've they, they've they're doing bits and pieces that have come from you so you probably won't get in will you I would I would argue that that's the case and that's actually due
19: to um, the influence that the green party is having both on the national and the yep. local picture uh, so actually that's that's credit to us that we're actually getting those types of policies oh, yes. in local councils and, 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 and local government and local governments and also at, at, you know starting at national government in ways as well but I think the green party as, uh, as people uh, will know it's not just about our environmental policies you know we are looking At you know things like social inclusion and making sure that um, making sure that people on the on you know on the social sector are are, are, a lot better off as well.
0: Ian, we've got thirty seconds. Nappy tax. Is there going to be a tax on nappies? That's not a policy I'm aware. That's okay. not a a, the, the, I am aware I, of. Look into it, Ian. If you get rid of the nappy tax, and you know you might stand a chance of getting a vote <laughs> from me, but if there's a tax on nappies. I can't do it. If they cost a fortune as it is,
19: uh, as I said, uh, that's something I, I am unaware of. I must
0: admit. Have a little look for us, Ian. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, that's uh, Councillor uh, uh, Ian Brandon, who is um, at the uh, Green Party Conference, the gathering this morning in Bristol. 08459 455 555. Next hour of the show, before Jonathan Vernon Smith takes over at nine, loads of stuff to talk about. The Sweeney, smells, Sunday trading, old people drinking. It's a busy hour. Let's get the latest news now from Simon Oxley. <laughs> in the last hour of the show old enough to know better why pensioners are abusing alcohol we'll hear some shocking facts about drink and the over 65s have you been shopping till you drop on Sundays the extended trading laws are about to end but do you want to keep them and the mad man who made uh, gems like the Sweeney will be coming on the show very exciting we'll be talking to the series creator very very exciting indeed BBC Three Counties Radio. <sighs> my back is, is, is just about all right. I don't think I've been particularly grumpy this morning. If I do slip into a grumpiness, it's because my back is killing me. And uh, th- th- no one has taken up my invitation to come and walk on my back. I think that would work. I think. I'm not quite sure, but um, no one has taken me up on that. Thank you very much. Now, we tend to think that when it comes to problems with alcohol, it's the nation's young people who would be most at risk. But last year, there were more admissions to hospital of pensioners for alcohol-related injuries and illnesses than 16 to 24-year-olds. Panorama investigates why those aged 65 and over are more likely to drink every day, drink at home and drink alone than any other age group. Our reporter, Sophie Salaria, has been out in the three counties speaking to people over the age of 65 who do drink regularly. She met up with Steve, a man who has become dependent on alcohol, and this is what he had to say.
2: I am a registered alcoholic. I suffer from the illness of alcoholism. Uh, I've been in rehab. I've been detoxed two times, and... At the moment, uh, I'm undergoing, you know, surveillance, you know, regarding the hospital. I've got a few blood tests done. Possibly something is going on regarding my blood cells. That is three blood tests done in six days. That's a very hefty bruise on your arm. This is what happens, you know, when you you drink too much, you pay the penalty at the end of the day. You put yourself on death row. Once upon a time, I was on £25 a day many years ago and we're talking about bottles of vodka bottles of whiskey everything I was I was rock bottom down there
1: How old are you now sir?
2: 62
1: And how how much do you drink now?
2: When I woke up this morning I actually had a couple of cans in the fridge so I had those that would be about 813 call it 13 units then I went to the shop and I got a small cam which was a five-point. That would be another three units. So now what we're we up to thirteen, sixteen 13, 16 units. Got the bus, come downtown, uh, popped in here, had the Abbot sale. That's a good day, four units. Another Abbot sale, that's another four units. So today I've had about 24 units.
1: That's already at your limit for a whole week.
2: Yes. I know that. I know that.
1: Do you think that you'll ever be...
10: Alcohol free? No.
0: Well, well done to Sophie Soleria for, uh, for getting that. It's incredible. Uh, Dr. Mark Patton is the medical director from D Hospital. He joins us now. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Ian. Does Steve's story resonate with you? Do you see this kind of thing often?
20: We see that very frequently, unfortunately. And uh, what Steve describes as very heavy alcohol consumption.
0: And have you noticed a rise in admissions to hospitals of pensioners for alcohol-related injuries and
20: illnesses? Unfortunately, we've, we've noticed um, a rise in admissions across all age groups. And uh, 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 what exactly are you seeing, Doctor? Well, we're seeing, we're seeing two groups of patients. We're seeing... Um, the young who tend to go out and binge drink and we see the acute effects of alcohol so they tend to get involved in assaults and fights and they come in with, for example, a broken jaw and then we see older age groups where it's down to the chronic use of alcohol and they tend to develop alcoholic liver disease because they've been consuming alcohol very heavily over many years
0: Is there anything that we can do to help this situation?
20: Well, I think there's a whole host of different things that we can do. Um, we know that um, alcohol, the price of it, has fallen in relative terms over the years. We also know that um, um, the availability of it has increased. Um, supermarket opening hours are longer. Supermarkets often use alcohol as a loss leader. They very heavily promote it. Um, so there's a, we're also responsible as individuals. Um, you're the the person you interviewed, Steve, he was very clear about how many units mm. of alcohol he consumed. Um, I think when people have got good social support, it's usually your family that recognise that perhaps you're drinking too much. Sometimes your workmates notice it because you're not making it into work. And then, clearly, local councils and government have a role as well.
0: Mark, when you see uh, people like this in the hospital, do you ever talk to them about their drinking or do you not think that that's appropriate for you to do that?
20: No, it's absolutely appropriate as soon as somebody comes into hospital one of the the things that we take is we do tend to take a history which examines how much alcohol they're consuming Um, we try and screen people we try and see if uh, alcohol contributed to the admission we know that there's services with, both within the hospital and outside in the community and primary care where people who are drinking heavily can access those services and see if they can try and either limit or stop their alcohol consumption
0: i think one of the big problems with with alcoholism and, or excessive use of alcohol is that uh people are often in denial that they've got a problem oh, there's always not me there's
20: nothing wrong with me Yes, I think, sadly, a lot of people who drink to excess think that, well, the the damage will happen to somebody else. I'm okay, I can manage. Um, But frequently, um, these people, their friends and their families are telling them that they're getting concerned about the amount that they're drinking. Um, So I think, listen to the people around you. One of the sad things about the report um, is that a lot of people drink alone, they drink at home. We like to think that... um, we we drink alcohol in social situations but clearly if you're just sitting at home on your own drinking alcohol then you're not exactly being very sociable.
0: Mark listen thank you very much for that that's Dr Mark Patton who's the medical director from L&D Hospital um, talking about People over 65 drinking alcohol. If you want to hear more about this, then there is a BBC Panorama programme on Monday. Uh, Joyce has called in. Joyce is in Lee Grave. Good morning, Joyce. Oh, good morning. What's your take on this, Joyce? Well,
9: I could never understand why the authorities, whoever deemed to do these stupid things, whether, why they gave corner shops, think how many corner shops there are on each street, the, the, really, the ruling that they could sell alcohol. Because when you think about it, senior citizens or youths or anything coming off of a football or going to a corner shop, if they had to go to an off-license or a supermarket, as you say, um, they wouldn't be drinking so much and getting into trouble. But older people, they may be able to go up to their corner shop and buy alcohol and come home. It was encouraging, actually. Alcohol. You,
0: you know, the funny thing is, you can buy alcohol in petrol stations now. That that always oh, that's struck me. Ridiculous, that isn't struck me as odd. But do you really think that would make a difference? Because every high street's got like a, a mini supermarket now, hasn't it? Or or an off licence. I know where I, where well, I live. There are two supermarkets in, on the high street and two off licences.
9: Yes, but some people can't walk down to the high street, and on every corner there's a shop. At yep. the corner shops there is alcohol. And why that was the ruling was changed they could sell it i know it's good for business but you can imagine how that encouraged drinking
0: joyce can i ask you a personal question
9: i'm over 21 <laughs>
0: <laughs> can, I, can i see your id no <laughs> uh, do, do you drink at all joyce
9: I tell you what I do do, it's one of my father's old things, that when I've got a cold coming, or I feel I've got shivery or whatever, he used to keep a little drop of whiskey on the mantelpiece in the kitchen, and he used to have it with his cup of tea in the morning in case he got a cold.
0: So (laughs) hang on, are you saying you have a little bit of whiskey every morning to stop you getting a cold? Every
9: morning, only if he felt he was getting a cold. And really, I don't drink. No.
0: And, and do you uh, do you live alone? Do you see people? Because one of the reasons we're hearing this morning is that people are lonely, so they're finding friends. You know, they're, they're finding a friend in the bottle. Is it... Excuses, excuses. Right.
9: It's get up and go. I believe in mind over matter. Mm-hmm. And um, to be honest, you are what you are, and there's always a bad excuse. And if you haven't got the money, how can you afford it?
0: Well, this is the thing. I think if I'd people... rather
9: give it to the grandchildren if I could afford it.
0: Uh, I think if, this is it, though. If, if you have a, a problem with alcohol or an addiction of any kind, you find the money somehow, don't you? I mean, you forego food or yes, but... clothes or things like that.
9: Yes, but also it promotes burglary and everything else, and so does everything else.
0: Sorry? I don't think there's lots of, lots of pensioners going around burgling. <laughs> Is, there? Is that what <laughs> no,
9: you're saying? Young- youngsters, the youngsters do, don't they? they do. Joyce, yeah, we're
0: yeah. we off on a slight tangent. Thank you very much, Joyce and Lee Grave there. Uh, if you've got a, a, a personal story about that, I'm really keen for someone to phone up who's over 65 uh, and be honest about the amount of alcohol that you drink. Be honest, I'm not going to make any judgment. I'm, I'm curious. And do you think you have a problem with the amount that you drink? I, I, 08459. four double five five double five. I think, as I said to the doctor, that, that people who are alcoholics uh, or have a problem with alcohol, are in denial they don't accept it's not me governor no i can handle this i could stop this anytime in fact one of the common things alcoholics do is they go for an extended period of not drinking to prove they're not alcoholics go, i didn't i didn't drink for a fortnight so i'm fine i can go back to drinking now Oh, 08459 five, 455 double, 555 double, is the telephone number. I would love to have a chat with you about this this morning. We've got 45 minutes before JVS uh, comes uh, and takes over. You can send me a text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR or email 3CR at bbc.co.uk. <laughs> The headlines this morning on Friday the 7th of September at 8.15. More over 65s have alcohol-related problems than any other age group. French police are hoping to question the four-year-old British girl who survived the gun attack which killed her family on Wednesday. In sport, a golden night for Paralympics GB with wins in men's sprinting and the wheelchair races. We've got a full weather bulletin in a minute with Steve Weston. And coming up, I may not be the sportiest person, but I'm going to be playing cricket this morning in the Three Counties car park. If you've got a car in there, I'd move it. Find out why in a second. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, I'm joined, um, by Jonathan Vernon-Smith. You may know him as JVS, or Jeves.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, we used to have someone here who she always wanted to abbreviate everyone's name. So yep. she would have called you E. Oh! And, uh, one day, cos I always answer the phone in the office, hello, JVS. Yes. And it was her, and she went, oh, hello, Javes. <laughs> 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 now listen, I've got a bad back
0: yeah. You said you can do
4: the back clicking But well, I'm too tall I I, I can crack backs yes. But uh, but I think you might be too tall Because I'd have to kind of get behind you And I'd have to give you a wrench And I'm just a bit worried that you might be <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit worried You'd be a bit tall <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to try it? Probably best we don't <laughs> What's coming up on your show
0: today, Jonathan Jibs? <laughs>
4: Oh, gosh. Can we do this bit in a separate studio from now I on? Think, I don't think this I, is working. This is you terrible, it isn't it's Honestly. Uh, coming up at nine on the big phone, And you sure you don't want me to crack your back? I'm fine. I don't want you to give me a good wrench, so... Uh, coming up at nine, is there anything wrong with enjoying a drink? I've been very interested in your discussion you are having this morning. The BBC's Panorama programme has found that last year more pensioners were admitted to hospital with alcohol-related injuries and illnesses than 16- uh, to 24-year-olds. Mm. It's quite shocking, this, isn't it? In the eastern region, more than 57,000 over 65s were admitted for alcohol-related problems. But surely most of us enjoy a drink sensibly, and it's not an issue, is it? Is there, are there too many people making us too worried about having a little drinky? I mean, wh- why are you laughing? What's funny? <laughs> because you're really frowning. Well, you <laughs> I, I really get a bit sick of it. I tell you what, I get a bit sick of it. I mean, the Queen drinks every day. Yes. There's nothing wrong with her. My grandmother is 98, sherry at six, gin and tonics at seven, and white wine with your dinner. She's 98, for goodness sake. Well, I think, you know,
0: if when you're that
4: age, then perhaps <laughs> her whole life, she used to run a, run a hotel and a pub. She's always drinking. But d- d- can you not say that for some people that could be a problem, though? Well, I don't know. When does it become a problem? Because there are so many people jumping up and down saying, oh, you mustn't drink, or if you have a couple of drinks, if you have a glass of wine every night, you've yep. got some kind of problem. Well, actually, the vast majority of people who are over 60 probably do enjoy a drink most nights, yep. and there's no problem whatsoever.
0: I would, su- I would suspect that for the majority of people there's not a problem, but we've heard some stories this morning from people who clearly do have
4: some sort of alcohol dependency. Well, from nine, I want to hear your views on this. Is there anything wrong with enjoying a drink? Do you also, do you like a sherry every evening? Has it ever done you any harm? Perhaps you've lived with someone who used to be one of those people who would have a little drink, and gradually it spiralled out of control. Oh, 08459 455555, five, double, five. is there anything wrong with enjoying a drink? It's the big phone-in this morning at nine. You sound very angry, and I'm wondering if that is hinting... That I've got a drink problem.
0: Th- that your lifestyle might need to be questioned slightly. I uh,
4: I did have a couple of glasses of Pinot Grigio last night. Which <laughs> something you said this morning
0: <laughs> before I came in. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. i Verley. keep it in the glove box. <laughs> Look forward to it. Jonathan Vernon Smith will be on at nine o'clock. Always worth a listen. It's a, it's a cracking listen. If you've not listened before, I, I cannot uh, recommend <laughs> it it's thoroughly. You're back. <laughs> Later on, please. Thank you, love. <laughs> Ah, uh, good morning. I think we're broadcasting now, live, from the Three Counties car park. Now, I've left all the safety and comfort of the studio. I'm out here in the car park. It's, it's not a bad day, actually. It's quite nice. This summer we've seen superhuman efforts on the sporting front and now a cricket team from Hertfordshire is continuing to defy the odds. That's what it says here, lads. and the Three very big lads. Well, two big lads. And... <laughs> Reed Cricket Club, who play near Royston, will play at the home of Cricket Lords in the National Village Cup Final on Sunday. 292 teams enter the competition and for Reed it's their first ever appearance in the final. James Heslam will captain the team on Sunday and along with Lee Johnson and Tom Greaves, I'm guessing that's you two fellas, uh, joins me now. James, good morning. Morning. Right, I'm not being funny. Look at the size of them
21: two. What's <laughs> happened to you? Is the captain supposed to be a little bit weedier? <laughs> uh, obviously. Uh, yeah, no, well, uh, I, was, I know Lee and Tom work out, you know, every day, so I'm sure it's paying off for them. And they look really happy <laughs> to be up at this time of the morning as well. You, are you all right with that, lads? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, Excellent.
0: Uh, it was now, James, playing at Lord's. That's got to be
21: pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, since we got further and further in this competition, everyone's been getting a little bit more excited, and I don't think it's quite sunk in yet. 292 teams started off. Did you think you'd get to the final? Um, to be honest, we got to last 32 last year, and we always thought we had a little bit of a chance, um, but when you actually get into later rounds, you're thinking, yeah, we're, we're going to slip up at some stage, but, yeah, we just kept going, so... You're going to play a team from Leicestershire, Woodhouse Grange, any good? Yorkshire they're from Yorkshire Yorkshire. we don't know a lot about them you can't really find out that much technically about the players so we're just kind of not really bothered looking really to be honest uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're just going to go you'll kick their backsides
21: won't you Uh,
0: I don't know if you're allowed (laughs) to do that in cricket are you allowed to kick people's backsides in cricket
21: I don't know if we should be making too many bold statements at this stage (laughs) but we'll give it our best shot Uh, it's going to be look there's a car coming I wouldn't bring your car in we're going to play
0: cricket back away from from the car park it could be messy uh, it's gonna be a special day if you win is it because you you lost a, a popular player
21: recently uh yeah no it was very sad for the club um and uh yeah steve was a great guy so um yeah you know hopefully we can go out then and, and do it for him and his family um and yeah everyone who knew him at the club it'd be a nice tribute wouldn't it for, for a fallen friend uh yeah of course it would um yeah you know we'll, we'll all be looking to do that for steve and um i'm sure like you know we've been very proud brilliant okay well that's, that's steve lovegrove now uh i'm look you're lee aren't you yes. i can tell why you're
0: lee because your nickname's the red bullet that's right yeah the red bullet i, I, I shall describe lee he is red <laughs> and is shaped like a bullet <laughs>
21: <laughs> <laughs> well that's not where my nickname's from um two years ago there was a competition on sky sports um called the speed gun challenge and i bowled at uh, 76 miles an hour and as a joke our overseas player the aussie, uh, aussie bloke um gave me the nickname of red bullet because i used to bowled really fast
0: you bowled 76 (laughs) miles an hour that's right Yeah. he's holding the cricket ball now (laughs) dear listener so be careful and Tom what's your nickname?
21: Uh, the big dog Uh,
0: (laughs) I have to describe Tom Tom is looking very cool sort of cool he's wearing shorts (laughs) uh, a nice little short sleeve top Uh, he's got his sunnies on He's looking, you know, you're looking... Why are you the big dog? I hope this is clean.
21: Oh, very clear. Uh, my friend Matthew Bowles, who's currently listening, apparently, um, <laughs> he gave me the nick- nickname just because he thought I looked a bit like a dog and I'm quite big. Um, and that was that, was that really. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: are quite big. Yeah. You do look like a dog. <laughs> a chihuahua. <laughs> uh, right, uh, how, how much time have we got on this, Ollie? Have we got plenty of time before? Because I'm, I'm keen to play a little bit of cricket, OK, right. I've got to confess that my cricketing skills are not the best. We are in the car park. Why have you chosen to do it right near my car? That doesn't, that doesn't seem fair. He said, look for a cheap car and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steady on, lads. And also, I thought you were going to bring, like, a tennis ball. Or, you know, one of those, those balls that kids use that's got holes in. So that's a proper cricket ball.
21: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, we take it seriously at Reed. So, uh, you know, we're, we're here and Lee's going to bowl his quickest. So, oh, no! Uh, I don't know who's batting. Uh, well, uh, have we got a bat? <laughs> <laughs> that, would yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That, that would help, okay, that would help. I'm going to have a little go at batting.
0: Now, I, I, the last time I played cricket, I was about 12 years old, okay. and I, I caught the ball. I thought, that hurt. I'm never doing that again. Have yeah. you, got, you got tough hands? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, you, you, have to, you have to have tough hands at uh, cricket. Look at the size of your hand! <laughs> That's huge, look! That's is, massive! Yeah. Okay. Do
21: you want gloves as well? <laughs> Who needs gloves, you wimps? <laughs>
0: hey, cricket back technology has come on a long way since I last played. Look at that. Disc- it's all aerodynamic.
21: That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a bit of reputation for taking weight off my bat, so I hope that's about right for you. <laughs> Look at this. OK, Ollie, you're going to. Now, this is going to be tough, Ollie. Ollie is
0: uh, uh, my technical assistant this morning because you're going to have to hold the microphone in a position I can speak into whilst I'm getting bowled at 76 miles an hour. <laughs> be careful, he's, he's a work experience. it doesn't matter if we lose him. <laughs> <laughs> don't go for my face. No, no. That's the okay. thing. Okay. Alright, let's, let's, do, let's do some gentle. Let's do a little gentle thing first, shall we? There we go. Hold, listen, this is going to be good. Get that, get that microphone near yeah. this cricket bat, because it's going to sound awesome. Get it down there, Ollie. Come on, look, here we go. Let's have it. Oh! Now, we've got... <laughs> I'm getting into this a little bit, <laughs> it's now quite exciting, and I'm sort of looking around thinking, well, can I, can I lob it? <sighs> oh, 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 it's, it's going close, it's going close. Can I have a, can I have a go at the bowling? The what are you, mad dog, red bullet, or red bullet. I'm a red bullet. Okay. Uh,
21: you want to bowl at the
0: captain? Yeah, I want to bowl at the captain. <laughs> I want to get a googly. Do I? Do I want to get a googly? <laughs> That's not what I think it is, is it? I can't do the... I can't do the overarm. This was another reason I found cricket so tedious at school, was this. By the way, you're listening to uh, BBC Three Counties, if you wondered. You've not just tuned into some weird kids who've oh, taken over the FM yeah. <laughs> transmitter. This is actually the BBC. Yeah. OK, so I'm going to bowl at James the captain. Here we go. Oh! He's out! God, How's that? Give me another one, give me another one. I'm enjoying this. Come on, right, this is it. I'm going to do a proper run-up now. No messing around. That yellow line is my crease. I know all the lingo. Here we go. <laughs> Stop it! Ah! Now, James, yeah. come. Come and talk. I'm, I'm actually out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> give me some tips on, on how that went.
21: Well, I think you're pretty good, actually. Yeah, have you played cricket before? Well, not for a long time. Have i Have got a natural kind of talent? Yeah, what are you doing Sunday? Are you busy? I'm busy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: be busy. Having, I'll be playing Xbox, innit? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'll be having well, a good sit-down and, uh, and not doing a lot. <laughs> so, listen, uh, th- just just give us name-check your team one more time. The team, sorry? Yeah. What, all the players? Give Give us. Give us... Give us Ignore these two lads. Give us who, who's who's the star player? Who's the
21: star player? Oh dear, uh, this is a very difficult question for me. Uh, I can't. I can't give you one. I can't give you a star player. Otherwise, everyone will be moaning at me. Sorry. Red bullet, who's the star player? <laughs> well, obviously
0: me. Yeah, he's a good lad. Listen, uh, is, is it Sunday that you're playing? I wish you the very, very best of luck with it. Let's maybe speak to you next week, yeah. and you come back trophy winners. Yeah,
21: we yeah. hope so. Excellent yeah. stuff. Across
8: beds, hearts, and bucks, This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Much Simon, coming up in the last hour, a half hour of the show. Oh, I nearly gave myself an extra thirty minutes. No, thank you. The last half hour of the show, we're talking uh, Obama, we're talking Sunday trading, and also a bit of this. Detective Inspector rig, Flying Squad, you're next. Yeah, come on, the Sweeney. Yes, fantastic stuff. In the States, U.S. President Barack Obama has accepted the nomination of the Democratic Party, telling voters they face a generational choice in November's election. He highlighted the difference between his aims and Republican policies and reprised his 2008 theme of hope. Republican Mitt Romney is challenging Mr. Obama for the White House, with polls showing a tight race. We can talk now to our U.S. reporter, James Gordon. Morning, James.
10: Hello there. How did the speech go down? Well, this was a speech about choice. Um, a dozen times he told Americans that this election is a choice between me and my opponent, not just a referendum on my four years in office. And in the in the convention hall in Charlotte, in North Carolina, they loved it, of course. Um, they were full, it's full of Democrats who love their president, even now. Uh, and really, the speech overall was vintage Obama, the cadences he has, the great lines he uses. The question is... Has it changed the minds of any of the people who will be voting in November? And this is how the speech came to a rousing conclusion.
3: I'm asking you to rally
4: around a set of goals for your country. Goals in manufacturing, energy, education, national security and the deficit. Real, achievable plans that will lead to new jobs, more opportunity and rebuild this economy on a stronger foundation. That's what we can do in the next four years, and that is why I am running
16: for a second term as President of the United States.
10: He appealed to people who voted for him four years ago, and he says he knows it's different now, that people are in a difficult position, um, but he's, he outlined two different versions For America, two different visions for America, Um, that of the Democrats and the other of the uh, Mitt Romney and the Republican Party. And uh, he says that more people will suffer if Mitt Romney wins.
0: So the election is 60 days away. He presented voters with a choice.
10: Yes, uh, in in terms of his opponent, Barack Obama sounded a warning, really, about about Mitt Romney, uh, saying it would be a very different sort of America if he wins. And he really tried to hammer home to potential Democrat voters that this election is about a choice that many people will suffer if Mitt Romney wins. And he even mocked him by uh, saying he didn't have very much foreign policy experience. And he asked, how could he manage diplomacy with Beijing when he offended America's closest ally, Britain, over the Olympics, When he went on the trip there in the summer.
0: How did he handle the notions of hope and change that were so strong in 2008?
10: Well, in many parts of America that there isn't a lot of hope and uh, some people don't think there's been the right sort of change. And uh, so President Obama had this new take on an old slogan that he used um, during the campaign four years ago and he said that the American people were the change. Um, he said that they had voted for the change themselves and they inspired him with hope. And um, he-, he talked about various inspirational cases that gave him hope. So it was a nifty way of sort of using the old slogan but sort of um, rather than he, he being a symbol of hope and change, he said it was the people of America that, that were the hope and change. Where does the
0: election go now, James?
10: Well, there's 60 days to go, two months, and um, there's going to be three presidential debates between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama when uh, m- those Americans who are undecided will get a, 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 more of a flavour of what each candidate's about and what their policies are about. So that, that takes place between now and uh, November the 6th. But apart from that, um, you know, e- e- the polls are neck and neck. It really is all in the balance.
0: Of course, the best thing that's happened for the Democrats in the last couple of weeks has been Clint Eastwood. Did you see that? That the Republican yeah, that, that Party? that
10: was phenomenal, wasn't it? Man, if you've not I seen think- the Clint Eastwood
0: clip, uh, go and look up Clint Eastwood's Republican speech. It's incredible. Totally helped Barack Obama, I think, inadvertently. James, listen, thank you very much. That's James Gordon, our US reporter. It really is an astounding clip. They, they wheel out Clint Eastwood to give a speech that the Republican Party. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Anyway, we've been talking about drinking this morning, particularly drinking uh, with older people, people 65 uh, plus. We've got David in So, Good morning, David. Hello. David, uh, tell us about yourself.
22: Well, I'm just an average person, really. I do... Well, I drink, but I I, I wouldn't say I was an excessive
0: drinker. Can I ask um, how much you drink on an average day?
22: Well, I've been listening to your... uh, the, r- the r- advice put out by the radio, and they said if you drink on one day, you must let you ha- sh- the next two days you have to have alcohol free, and then on the third day you can resume drinking. So I'll try I and follow that p- pattern, really. Okay, so on the day that you do drink, yeah, how much would you say you drink, David? Oh, not very much, uh, a glass or two, I think, of wine. Well, wine and can be beer or cider. I like quite like cider too. Do you drink on your own? Yeah, I have to confess I do, but I mean it's not. I, I try not to let that stop. I don't. I do sort of say when when I when I've drunk what I think I'd say I say no. You know, I try and be strong-minded about it.
0: Do you ever? um... Lie to people about how much you've been drinking, like family or friends. Um, well, I just don't say anything at all. Right. I think there's there's a garage near you, isn't there, that sells alcohol?
22: Yeah, that's what I didn't really want to. Tr- well, it's where I do my shopping mostly, and I think if I say too much, well, there might be a bit. Well, I suppose there might be. It's a, But I, do, I am you, a bit.
0: Do you think that the garage, the having alcohol so near to you for sale. Makes it a little bit harder to resist. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question, David? And uh, take this any way you want. Have you had a drink this morning? No, but okay. there's a bottle in the
22: fridge. I could do if I wanted. And do you often drink in the morning? No, I, I, I take the na. I follow the naval um, tradition. If you like I'm not a navy man, but you don't. Tr- I don't drink before the sun's over the
0: yardarm. <laughs> When's the when's the uh, that's evening? Is it? Is that dusk? No, it's midday. It's I midday. Think. Is it? Th- yeah. So you could start drinking at midday. Yeah. And you sure it's just it's just two glasses you're having from midday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you uh, you said that you kind of it's you have to resist for a couple of days. Yeah. Do you find that hard? Those days when you're not drinking, do you find it hard not to drink? Uh, y-
22: well. If the temptation is there, I suppose, yes, it's hard, but sometimes you can go out and there's no temptation at all. Yeah,
0: of course. Do you feel uh, that you need to talk to someone about this or about, you know, being lonely at all?
22: Well, I suppose I would want to speak to a relative about it, but, well, I, uh, yeah... uh, Have you got any relatives you could speak to about it? Well, they, I could f- speak to them, but I don't think they are that interested. What makes you think that? Well, they've got their own lives. They've got their own, you know, uh, things, uh, I won't say obsessions, but interests and things okay. that, that.
0: What relatives are they to, David? Are they children, grandchildren?
22: Sister and, uh, yeah, sister. And a nephew. Well, my nephew is very good. For me. We've, we've got a very close relationship, but at the moment he's abroad, so I mean, I can't.
0: Would you do you not think it's maybe worth just having a word with your nephew or your sister on the phone and just kind of raising these issues? The fact that you've raised it to me, mm-hmm. complete stranger, would imply that that you want to talk to someone about it, and you may just be surprised what your sister or what your nephew or what your best mate says. Mm.
22: Well, I think they might be having problems too, so I don't know that they would want to.
0: Hey, listen, I, one of the things I find is when I'm having a tough time is if a mate phones up and says they're having a tougher time, it takes the pressure off me a bit, so you never oh. know. Oh. Listen, David, I really appreciate you calling. Yeah. It's very kind of you to be so honest, and I know that it, uh, with matters around this it can be very difficult. If you want help, mm. there is help. Yeah. Listen, we're going to take your details and if you don't mind, one of our team will give you a call after the show and we'll, we'll just put you in touch with some people who might be able to help. And whether you follow that up or not is entirely up to you. How about mm. that? Yeah. Would that be okay? Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks very much, David. Well, Keep in touch. Thanks. Okay, there we go. It's David, what was that? You have to think, don't you? This is, uh, this is a big thing. And a lot of people say, oh, he's drinking, it sounds like he's not drinking a lot. Well, It doesn't matter how much he's drinking. If there is a problem with it, don't matter if it's it's a a glass of wine a day or if it's a bottle of vodka a day, if the person who is doing that drinking is having a problem with it. And I think David... I think that I I got more from what David didn't say than from what he did say in that conversation there. And I think that's the important bit. Uh, uh, David, listen, we'll we'll, we'll put you in touch with some people if you want to follow that up, you can. And if you've got a problem, uh, you think you may have a problem with alcohol or a friend of yours or a relative might have a problem with alcohol. There are places that can help, definitely places that can help. I mean, the obvious places are Samaritans or Alcoholics Anonymous or Al-Anon. All of these different places can be fantastic, and you can find the phone numbers really easily, uh, and I thoroughly recommend them. It's, it's not worth going through this on your own. Uh, we've got another 15 minutes of the show. If you want to give us a call, it's 08459 455 555. Don't forget we're talking about drinking and uh, Jonathan Vernon Smith will be talking about it from nine o'clock as well. He's going from a slightly different angle. He's asking, is there anything wrong with enjoying a drink? And of course, I, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. If you can do it responsibly, if you can have a, keep a handle on it, keep a lid on it, then that's fine. I think what was telling there about that last call was that uh, he admitted that he drinks on his own. And I think that that can sometimes be, be the start of a, a situation. Jonathan, of course, is uh, happily enjoys a, a bottle of Pinot Grigio every now and then, uh, and is it, coming from the other angle, that maybe we're living in a slightly uh, nanny state, in inverted commas, and perhaps we're being told too much how, to, uh, how we should be drinking. Jonathan Vernon-Smith, on at nine o'clock, always a cracking listen. Is there anything wrong with enjoying a drink? It's the same number to get hold of him uh, at nine as it is to call me. 08459 455 555. You can text as well, of course. You can start those texts now if you want. 81333. Start your text 3CR. And, of course, you can email him or me, 3CR at bbc.co.uk. Doreen, the... Oh, I do Uh, apologise. It was always, always nice uh, to uh, hear what's going on there in the world of Justin Dealey, but inappropriate to hear him now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit that button, and we're going to go to Sophie Tyler with the travel, without any music, I'm afraid. Sophie, you have to Acapulco. (laughs) <laughs> so Brown, so where you go?
1: Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is BBC Three Counties
8: Radio.
0: 8.45, these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. More over 65s have alcohol-related problems than any other age group. The French police are hoping to question the four-year-old British girl who survived the gun attack which killed her family on Wednesday. In sport, it's been a golden night for Paralympics GB with wins in men's sprinting and the wheelchair races. Weather, a dry day with long spells of hazy sunshine. Maximum temperature is 24 degrees. And coming up, more on whether shops should be staying open until later on Saturday. Sundays.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here until nine o'clock when Jonathan Vernon Smith uh, takes over. We've been talking uh, about older people drinking. We have got Bill from Hemel on the line. Good morning, Bill. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, Bill. Uh, tell us your story. Are, are you a drinker? I was a drinker. Um, I've
13: drunk all my life. I'm sixty-three. Yep. Uh, I don't mind a bit it. Um, and uh, I've drunk all my life uh, Socially But uh, When I was getting older I was tending oh, no, I live on my own yeah. uh, I had a divorce over drink uh, Lost a lot of relationships Over drink uh, Now uh, In the last couple of years um, I was really drinking excessively I was drinking about 3 or 4 bottles a day Of wine
0: <laughs> Three or four uh, bottles of wine a day.
13: A day, and uh, now I didn't know I had a problem. Now uh, this is I'm saying about two two years ago. Uh, I collapsed and I've got very good neighbours and I've got good uh, good family in yeah. a way, but. Uh, I was starting to feel not very well. I was I was starting to get very lethargic, and all of a sudden I collapsed. Mm. And I didn't know this, but I had cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah. Right now I collapsed and I had to be sent to hospital. I was, I was there for about for about four five weeks in hospital, and I thought this is a this is where drink gets to. Uh, with the uh, illusions of uh, um, the drink itself. I thought I was being abducted by aliens, right?
0: Wait, so you, 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 literally, you, you literally thought you were being abducted by aliens I because was, you were so out of it?
13: I was right out of it. And uh, what I was I was told after, I was nearly dead. I nearly died. Oh, no, Now, now thing is, this is, the, this is the thing. I came out of it by the doctors and nurses, very, very good, from Watford, Watford uh, General. And they cured me to the best they could. I came out of hospital, and there was something in my head, and other people were saying, "Call you were lucky, you were lucky. And anyway, I, I progress now. I have not had a drink for over two years.
0: Fantastic! Congratulations. Now the reasons
13: why is because I've got I've got I've got I've got a little granddaughter. I've got uh, I've got two daughters. I've got a grandson. Now the reasons why I have stopped drinking is because of my family, and also I drank. Uh, i not drinking because for me. Now I as a little incident. I hope I don't, I'm am not going on. No, go on. This I, is interesting. I um I I I was on. Water pills, which they—they they, now, uh, what it is? Uh, I had to go to the hospital a few times because of all the blood, uh, the uh, acids, and everything of uh, drink. Mm. It blows you up, and you get a horrible
0: Bill, fluid. Bill, sorry to interrupt, because we are running out of time. Yeah? Sorry, can I ask you a question? How did you stop? Do you go to meetings? Do you go to oh, church? Now, what did now, you do? No, no,
13: no, no. I did go. This is what I'm saying. Before I, I did collapse, I went to. a Uh, An agency called uh, Turning Points.
0: Okay, yeah,
13: right. I went there for a while. It did help me. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I did cut down, and I I tried to my utmost best too. But, in a way, it didn't help me that much.
0: So, sorry, I'm sorry just to move the story, just because we've got a couple more things to squeeze in. Are you saying that yeah. you managed to stop drinking on your own? On my own, from the hospital. There we go. Listen, uh, uh, I could talk to you a lot longer, Bill, but we're running out of time. Thank you very much for your honesty. Uh, some people do it on their own. Some people, Turning Point does excellent work. Uh, so does AA, loads of different places. Now, you may have noticed that shops are open for longer on a Sunday. It's a temporary extension for retailers introduced during the Olympics. It's due to end this Sunday, but some businesses are calling for it to be continued. They say where shopping online is the norm, the law reducing trading hours is outdated. Well, earlier on in the show, I spoke to Danielle Pinnington, Managing Director of ShopperCentric, a Harpenton based retail analyst.
7: Only half of shoppers actually say they'd be um, interested in shopping on a Sunday. And I think that's the issue is, yes, we like the extra Flexibility, but whether we're actually going to get out and spend more is really hard to say, especially when we're all still quite pressured in terms of how much money we've got available.
0: Well, what do you think? Justin has been out talking to people on the street to get their opinions.
5: Doreen, the Sunday trading laws have been relaxed for the Olympics and Paralympics. That, of course, is coming to an end very soon. Do you think those laws should be extended
18: full-time? I think so, yeah. I think times have changed and people have got used to the longer hours, so I think so. I think so. Isn't Sunday still a little bit special, though? Um, I suppose to some people they are. Yes, I suppose so. But, again you've got to move on and that's it It, yeah
5: because some people would say the argument for the shops would be if you go home right now you can shop online 24 7 the shops on the high street are struggling it's been a bad year for them this might
18: just make a difference it it might do i suppose but um like myself i mean i don't shop online and possibly a lot of older people they don't shop online so you know i think they do like to have the choice i think there should be a choice now so Graham,
3: what's your thoughts on the Sunday trading laws? Well, it's one of those issues where I can see both sides of the arguments. Uh, I mean, I'm not a religious person, so I don't have a, that, that sort of issue to, to to consider. But I can see why it, it's important to have a day, perhaps, where people don't have to work, uh, don't have to work, and have an opportunity to spend time with their families and so on. Uh, on the other hand, it's, it's convenient to have somewhere to shop. So from a selfish point of view, I can see attraction of having shops open. And taking a wider picture, I can see the, the, the fact that people do need time off and, and to have a day where people could spend time relaxing with their family is a, is a good idea. So I don't feel that strongly one way or the other. Now, Fran, we're actually inside the mall here. You're off to
5: work in a second. You think these hours shouldn't be extended full-time, don't you? Tell us why that is.
2: Because I think Sunday's special, and if people can't shop for the rest of the week, then I'd like come. Mm. Have we got to go with the times, though, Fran? Oh, come on, give us a break. No, <laughs> I work in the
5: shop. No way. Yes, yeah, yeah, so there's no way from you. Um, what about yourself, madam? What do you think? Should I agree they be extended? With Fran,
9: no, there's no need for it. There's plenty of time, Monday to Friday, Saturday.
5: <laughs> well, Mark Broadhead is the manager of
0: the mall shopping centre in Luton. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Judith. How's it been over the last few weeks with the hours extended?
13: I would say that uh, we've seen a marginal increase in footfall, but spend um, has been sporadic across some of the retailers. Some have had success, some haven't. Uh, I think it's been an interesting exercise. We only undertook uh, six of the Sundays out of the allotted eight. Um, That was purely because of a a planning issue in respect of giving our retailers advance notice of uh, the extended trading hours.
0: What do the retailers say? Are the majority of them in favour of of the extended hours? Do do they want to see this continue?
13: I I think um, most of the retailers uh, would like to see it continued. But the the caveat on that is at this moment in time, specifically through the Olympics and the Paralympics, I think what we have is we have a a great atmosphere in the country. And I think a lot of the public have, have embraced that atmosphere and actually watched the the games themselves rather than come shopping. I would like to see uh, this kind of trial continued, not straight after the Olympics, but for more of the peak period. So when we get to Christmas to kind of relax it Mm. then, but uh, at the same time, uh, listening to all the other comments for the rest of the year, I think six hours is sufficient on a Sunday.
0: Mark, listen, thank you very much. Mark Broadhead, manager of the Mall Shopping Centre in Lewson. it be interesting to see if this uh, change in Sunday, uh, the, the relaxing of Sunday opening hours, becomes a permanent thing or not. <laughs> listen to this. Fantastic, isn't it? The Sweeney! The Sweeney! I used to genuinely think when I was a kid, those were the words. That you sang The Sweeney over the top of it. It turns out, uh, I'm an idiot. Well, we can talk, and this is, this is cool, isn't it? To Ian Kennedy Martin, who is creator of the series. Good morning, Ian. Good morning. It's the fourth Ian on the show. I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable uh, with that. You created... How, how did you come up with the idea for The Sweeney?
11: Well, it was a collision of a couple of things. One was the uh, arrival of... Uh, commissioner marks in Scotland yard and he wanted everything changed and i also knew a detective in the flying squad the sweeney in Scotland yard i knew him quite well and uh, he uh, you know immediately there were kind of loggerheads and uh, i had a my best friend was john fall uh, I'd worked with him on the uh, series Red Cap well before your time.
0: He, he was well before my time, <laughs> but I'm impressed he was your best friend. That's very great.
11: <laughs> and drinking companion. Yes. And uh, a um, uh, borderline alcoholic. And uh, I, he, well, I was looking for a series for him because I knew he was a very good actor. And after Red Cap, he had a sort of, it was up and down for him. Uh, because in those days, which is different from now if you had if you played uh, a lead for 39 hours in a television series then uh, when that stopped there was virtually nothing because producers thought oh, God, um, we can't cast John Thorne in Dr. Finley's casebook because half the audience will say, what's that detective sergeant from the, from the military police doing in, um, in um, Dr. Finley? Now, it's completely different, you know, if you're a successful actor in uh, Coronation Street. and, and you, you, leave, you get your own series. You get everything. Ian, listen, <laughs> we're
0: running out of time, and I feel yeah. terrible because I could talk to you for hours about well, this. I think right. the Sweeney is one of the well, greatest.
11: The best, let me just say that... Uh, that um, the, uh, the Sweeney's now on high definition, and it looks it terrific. Look terrific. High Perfect. definition DVD, and it's worth...
0: I think it comes yeah. out on Monday. Listen, can I ask yeah. very quickly, the movie... Yeah. Did yeah. you have anything to do with the movie? Nothing you, at all. Do no, you get I'm, any money from the movie? I, I, a great deal, yes. <laughs> 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 that's the important <laughs> thing, and that's what I wanted to hear. Ian, I, I feel terrible having to cut you off at so, uh, such a, uh, an early moment, because I could talk to you for hours, but that is Ian Kennedy Martin. He created the sweeney dear listener what have you done with your lives huh he created the sweeney and he says it's out on dvd on monday he gets a few quid from the film as well that comes out on september the 12th so you might as well go and see that be interesting to see how the film compares but the sweeney is one of those great tv series it just it just captures that time perfectly Really wanted to talk to me about the police reaction to the series as well because they kind of started trying to clean up their image as a result of the Sweeney. Thank you very much, Ian Kennedy Martin. There. Thank you very much, everyone who called in and took part in the show. I'll be back on Monday at six o'clock. Coming up next, it's Jonathan Vernon Smith. He's asking, "Do we drink more as we get older?" You'll listen to him after this. I'll see you on Monday. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking.
1: This is BBC Three
22: Counties Radio.